Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, November 14th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all. Anything goes today. If you want to talk about, well, anything at all, if you've got a question, a comment, a topic, pick up the phone and join me. I have a ton of just kind of odds and ends I gathered this morning that I might talk about till the calls start coming in. So let's find out what's on your mind today. Lines are open, 855-950-3835. We can talk about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your own authority and a whole bunch more. Calls are starting to come in, so we'll get to them here in just a bit. Uh, let me go through my notes here. So, uh, how do I want to start here? Um, cryptocurrency. I've talked about this several times. There's been all this hype about cryptocurrency. It's being made very easy to invest into I talked the other day about a, a fund that is used to finance giant lawsuits uh, for nuclear verdicts. They did it all with cryptocurrency so they could avoid a bunch of regulations. I don't know whether cryptocurrency is our future or not, or some sort of digital currency. I have a feeling it is, just because if you look at the progression of, you know, we used to carry real money around in our pocket and then we got credit cards and we carried less and then we got debit cards and we carried even less and now you have 32 different ways to pay people right from your phone so we carry even less cash most of us I, I used to carry almost none I can't believe how many times I got stuck without cash uh, I stopped that I, I make sure I do carry cash now but if we look at that progression, uh, it is very possible that we are going to see uh, some sort of digital currency. We could argue that all day, whether it's a good thing, a bad thing. But a more important question that I get here a lot, or I see people on social media posting, is about investing into cryptocurrencies, I really can't think of a worse idea. I've been saying that for a long time. There's so many problems I could do a whole show on this. First off, investing is difficult. And even though every investment commercial you hear is, uh, they have a phrase in there they have to say, um, past performance is not indicative of future performance, meaning just because a, an investment did 12% last year doesn't mean it's going to do that this year. But because investing is difficult, we do look at the history and we look at patterns. And we've been doing that for a hundred years in the stock market or mutual funds or real estate even gold and silver, which I don't like, at least we can look at history and kind of make some predictions and we understand some patterns. Here's one big reason not to invest in cryptocurrency. There's no history. 
We have no idea how these move in relationship to any other asset. We don't know how they react in a recession or a boom or a bear market or a bull market. We have no clue. That's one big problem. The other big problem is there's all kinds of companies and everybody kind of treats them as though it's one thing. That'd be like saying every stock on the stock market is the same. Why bother researching a company? Just throw a dart and pick one. That's kind of how it is on crypto because we know nothing about these companies. Um, I'm getting that noise and I got to... Uh, huh. Let's try this. Um, I'm going to try to turn those off. I keep fighting with this. I thought I had those turned off, but they keep coming back for some reason. Um, maybe because I'm still playing around with a lot of technology and trying things and testing things. So crypto, I've been saying from the beginning, just stay away from it. If you want to buy some real crypto and use it, you know, on the internet with the few places you can, eh, that's not a big deal. I wouldn't spend a lot of money on it, but investing in it and expecting a return, I think is a horrible idea. There was a story last year. I don't even remember what happened to this. There was possibly like a billion dollars worth of cryptocurrency lost because somebody lost a password. And I thought that can't be right. No, I read it and it was. The, the password had been and the account had been heavily encrypted to protect it. And then whoever set it up lost the password. I, I never did follow up on that one to find out, but those kind of things are not uncommon in crypto. Now, the big story in the news today is the FTX crypto um, that guy went bankrupt. Uh, mo- most likely, all the investors will lose all of their money. That's horrible. But it happens if you're not careful. And this crypto has been hyped. You know, uh, it wasn't that long ago. Elon Musk, I had never heard of this FTX crypto. I didn't know the, who the guy was. But I remember reading an article about Elon Musk when he was trying to raise all the money to buy Twitter. And he had been to the banks and uh, some of the hedge funds. And um, he kept hearing from these people that you should look up this guy, this FTX crypto guy. He's got gazillions of dollars and he's really sharp and he's on top of it. So Elon Musk actually went to him and talked to him for about a half hour, he said. And all that he, he, I remember him saying, it took me 30 minutes to realize this guy is so full of bullshit. Nothing he's saying is making sense. Now, all these banks and all these CEOs and all these other people were just raving about this guy. Have we all lost our mind? Are people that easily fooled? People that at, at, High powerful positions in financial institutions, are they that easily fooled? And yet Elon Musk, it took him 30 minutes. Now the guy's bankrupt. So I think Elon Musk kind of picked up on a few things there in 30 minutes. Where, where the hell was everybody else's common sense? Are we just so, so eager to see this next big gain? 
that we're just willing to ignore all the warning signs, that's a little scary. Be very careful who you follow and read. Read lots and lots of sources on topics like this. You can get lots of different opinions and viewpoints. Um, Speaking of Elon Musk, I thought that the four years that Trump was president, um, more negative articles across all of the mainstream media. I I just thought that had to be a record. The most negative articles ever written about a single person. The mainstream media was just obsessed and they would write ridiculous articles. Not that's not even news doesn't even belong in a gossip column. Now I have a feeling they're going to break the record with Elon Musk. I have never seen in such a short period of time since he bought Twitter. It started when he talked about buying Twitter, but man, did it they go nuts when he bought it. Article after article after article, so many that one of my news aggregators created a, a section just for Elon Musk. I normally I set up all of those, you know, I want I want to see news on this issue or that issue. Well, this one, I guess, is getting so big, my news aggregator set one up automatically, just about Elon Musk. So now it's even worse. I can just scroll through all the headlines in one folder now. They are writing some of the most ridiculous crap I've ever seen and somehow trying to pass it off as news. Today's journalism is so, excuse me, so bad. Do these writers, I don't even know what to call them. They're not journalists. They're hacks is what they are. Do they not have any shame at all? They can write this garbage day after day after day. Ah, all right. I'm going to get off that topic. Let's talk about uh, the trucking industry. Now, we have always said, and it's true, the trucking industry is what we call a leading economic indicator. What that means is we watch the trucking industry and what's happening to it as part of the information we look at across the whole economy to see where our economy is going. It's one piece, but it's a leading economic indicator. Some pieces of information are trailing economic indicators. We'll see them happen after something else happens. A leading economic indicator is something we watch to see where the overall economy might be going. Trucking is one of those, always has been. The news right now isn't good. Uh, It hasn't been, well, we've been saying that trucking was holding up pretty well. Contract rates were doing well. I think that's finally turning now. Um, Just some of the headlines I scrolled down here. Uh, A lot about FedEx. And remember, FedEx is a very, very big package carrier. And it's companies like FedEx and UPS and Amazon that have really increased a lot of trucking in the U.S. because people want stuff delivered to home now. That, That changes the whole logistics world. So I do keep an eye on those package companies Um, Here's some of the headlines. FedEx dumps 40 flights, putting aircraft in storage. 
we're heading into peak season and they're mothballing 40 airplanes and 40 different flights. That's not a good sign. Um, FedEx Freight, that the 40 flights obviously is FedEx, the parent company, the overnight delivery service. They're, they're mothballing airplanes. FedEx Freight is furloughing drivers in December. They're already planning on furloughing drivers. Not a true layoff. Uh, there were a bunch of details, but obviously they have too many drivers and not enough freight. Uh, since I'm talking about FedEx, a couple weeks ago I was talking about um, the biggest contractor at FedEx, and he came out and said this peak season was going to be a disaster for FedEx ground. That was where I had been. Uh, I had trucks contracted for 25 years. Uh, FedEx ground. He said that the the pay and the compensation was so bad for the package guys. We're not talking about the line haul contract. That That's honestly one of the best contracts around on line haul. The package contracts, they are all over the board. The guys who got in really early got the routes that were really close to the terminal, usually with uh, shopping malls or lots of concentrated places that they could deliver. The, the compensation system really rewarded them. But if you got one of the long routes, an hour out, didn't do many stops because you spent a lot of time driving, you got hammered under their contract. It, it, was, it was really pretty bad. It was hard to make much money at all. That's never really changed. That's been going on as long as I can remember, 30 plus years. But this, the, their biggest contractor came out and said, 35% of these package van drivers are going to walk out before the peak season. Um, it didn't happen. Didn't happen at all. Uh, they really haven't lost anybody. So we'll see what happens there. I didn't think there was any way that many people were going to walk out. It, it's not easy for them. That That's a business. They own the van. You know, what else are they going to go do, really? Uh Diesel prices looks like they're going to remain above five dollars into 2023. Why isn't that being talked about more? You know, everybody focused on the gas prices every day. If they went up, they were talking about that. If they went down, they were talking about that. You know, if they went up. The government blamed everybody else. The Biden administration blamed everybody else. When they went down, they took credit for it. They've been doing it. Uh, basically since Biden took office. But very little talk about the diesel price. Since the number one topic in the country right now seems to be inflation, and it should be, why aren't we talking about the diesel price? Remember, we like to brag in this industry, if you've got it, a truck brought it. Not only did a truck bring it, there's a very good chance it was on a container ship coming across the ocean and probably on a train at some point, and then a truck, maybe multiple trucks. All of those modes of transportation use diesel. Diesel, high diesel prices drives the cost of everything up, but nobody seems to be talking about the diesel. I don't understand why. Uh, by the way, with that kind of a price, Today would be a good time to ask me about fuel mileage. 
If you haven't maximized fuel mileage on your truck or if you're not working on it right now, you really should be. Here's another interesting thing about the fuel price. The um, the issues that drivers and owner-operators are most concerned with. Uh, I want to find this uh, article that I posted. I posted almost all of this stuff up on the website somewhere. So speaking of trucking and fuel prices... Oh, here's one more. C.H. Robinson is also laying off workers. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of layoffs in trucking. That That's never a good sign for the economy. Um, so I, I was reading an article and the, the, the headline was, is $69,000 a year enough to drive a truck? That's a pretty significant increase from um, prior to the pandemic. 2019, I think, that number was about $18,000 less, if I remember right. Uh, so that's a pretty significant increase. But um, Atri, um, many of you are probably familiar with Atri. They've been on uh, the Road Dog channel on Sirius for years, Dave Nemo's show. Atri is an arm of the ATA, and they do research. So it's kind of a nonprofit that does research into trucking issues. And I believe they're a nonprofit. I'm not sure. I think so. Um, actually, one of the speakers, uh, when I was just uh, at the events in Tennessee, one of the speakers was from Atri. I got a ton of good information from him. But here are the, uh, the top issues for company drivers. Now, think about this. For company drivers, driver compensation makes total sense. Truck parking. Yep, makes sense. Uh, detention delay at customer facilities. All of those make absolute sense to me. And the driver has very little control over those things. I mean, they can go find another job, but, you know, compensation is going to be comparable just about anywhere. Uh, truck parking, they don't have total freedom or they may not have total freedom to pick and choose. And that's more work time trying to find parking. I get that. Detention delay at customer facilities that they don't have a lot of choice in that. They can't say, well, um, you know, I'm not going to go there. They can. They'll probably be out looking for a new job. So when it comes to company drivers, the top three issues make total sense to me. Then they broke it out by owner operators. Well, I'm a little confused about this um, list here. Fuel prices. Why the hell do owner-operators care about fuel prices? That's one of the reasons why people are making so much money as owner-operators today, even as rates drop. The fuel surcharge is still very, very strong with $5 plus a gallon fuel. Now, it's not good for our economy, but it's certainly good for owner-operators. I don't know why that's their number one concern. I guess what that tells us is most owner-operators are still struggling to get six miles to the gallon, or they're just totally clueless about the fuel surcharge, and because they don't have an accounting system, they can't tell the difference. I, I'm just, I don't understand that as the number one issue. The number two issue, truck parking. Come on, get a little creative here. As an owner-operator, you have far more flexibility. Where you run, 
what time you run, you have enough control, you should be able to figure out the truck parking thing. Nobody is going to tell you where you can and can't park. I, I mean, other than the law or private property, but it, you, you get to decide where you want to park. Company drivers don't always have that freedom. The third one, driver compensation. I, did somebody screw up this list? Why would these three things be the most important things to owner-operators right now? Fuel prices, truck parking, and driver compensation. As an owner-operator, why do you care what the hell a driver makes? Now, if you're a small fleet, they didn't say that. But if you were a small fleet, then driver pay does become a concern for you. Truck parking may come become a concern for you. Fuel price may be a concern because you don't have total control over these things once you put a driver in your truck. But a single truck owner operator, which is what they're talking about here, I, I'm really confused. Maybe somebody can explain that one to me. Uh, let's see. I think that uh, kind of covers most of the stuff I wanted to talk about today, and I see the calls are piling up, so I'm going to jump into those. Let's uh, let's get started in Missouri today. Dale, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Have a good weekend. I had a wonderful weekend. Yep. I um, I spent most of the weekend. Um, believe it or not, I am still processing all kinds of stuff from the garden. Um, I spent all weekend working on hot peppers. I must, I think I still have about 30 pounds of hot peppers left to, uh, wow. yeah, I know to get fermenting. They're all going to get fermented. Everything's getting turned into sauce of some kind this year. Cause I don't know what the hell else to do with 30 pounds of peppers. Yeah. So that was my weekend. Get every November 12th. What's that? I said, have you caught any of the meteor shower that we get every November 12th? No, I didn't. I, I'll tell you why. Um, I've got my new sleep protocol down pretty tight here. Um, I'm usually in bed by 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah. You eight, me up. 8 or 8.30, I'm yeah. usually in bed, and I love it. And I, you know, last night... Um, Lisa had to take one of our employees to the airport this morning, so she needed to get up early. And, you know, I'm always up early, and she said, make sure I'm up by 5. And I said, all right, I will. Uh, I set my mental alarm. I don't set an alarm. I set my mental alarm for 4.30. Normally, what would happen then is I would wake up somewhere between 4 and 4.30. Um, and once I wake up, there's not much danger. I'm going to fall back asleep. I can usually lay there for a little bit. So something happened last night around two in the morning. Oh, I think diesel was barking. There was a kind of a car creeping around. Um, so it woke me up at two something and I was having a little bit of trouble falling back asleep. And then I must have, but it, at I woke up or, or I thought I had never really fallen asleep. I was still thinking it was like two in the morning. So I was just laying there. And then I thought, wait a minute, maybe I did fall asleep. And I looked at my clock or my watch. It was exactly 4.30, right on the minute. So, uh, and, and I got up and I feel great today. I slept about four and a half or five and a half really good hours. Um, so sleep is really improving for me. So I feel pretty good today. 
But uh, yeah, not, not up late enough to see meteor showers these days. Well, that's that's good. I forgot you was working on that. But uh, hey, uh, the other day you said uh, to download that Winhoff breathing app and call me tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, tomorrow um, I ended up having to take the day off. I had an a- AC tech coming to put my uh, heat pumps back on my new patio headboard. Okay. And he was there the whole time, and he was a newer guy, so I had to kind of <laughs> keep an eye on him. Yeah. But anyways, I. Well, you know how it is. He, I know. He's, he struggled a little bit. He, he blew he blew a hole through the lines with his, when he was rebrazing them and all that stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, we got it done. Well, well I downloaded that, and uh, I did a few rounds of that, and it did. Uh, it worked a little better than what I just come up with myself back when I told you I was raising kids by myself. But yeah. It is very calming, very, very relaxing. Good. So my wife, she gets home and she's she's having uh, neck issues. We we're gonna take her out to Las Vegas for a consultation and then a surgery. Too, she's a, a very small frame woman and she's far too top heavy and it's just it's too much weight just pulling on her all the time. Got it. And uh, anyhow, so we're sitting there and my wife and I don't have trust issues. So I go, hey, uh, I want you to do this. I go, I'm gonna push this button on my phone and you're going to do exactly what it says. <laughs> and she's like, okay. So I did it. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and so she's, so she's doing it and she did about just about three rounds. And I went ahead and stopped and I said, what do you think? And she goes, that's really weird. I feel very relaxed. <laughs> yeah. I go, so I told her what it was. So she downloaded the app too. Awesome. Awesome. Is it? It's just so bizarre. I mean, how he ever came up with? Well, he, like I said, he he did it because of the cold. You know, he went into the cold and and he wanted to stay longer, and he started working on ways of doing that. And you know, one of the other things I'll, I'll tell people is if you're doing the cold exposure, especially in the shower, um, there's a warning on the app that you should never, ever do the breathing in water. And I don't think he clarifies whether it's the shower or, you know, a, a river, an ocean. Or, probably in the swimming pool. Yeah, the swimming <laughs> pool, the bathtub, whatever. And look, he that's there just to cover his ass so that you don't drown and, yeah. you know, your heirs don't sue Wim Hof because you were too stupid um, and you drowned in your own bathtub. How do you think he came up with all of these things? By himself in cold water. In water. Exactly. So, and right. here's the thing I will tell well, you. Once you get to the point where you're, where you're over that initial misery, you know, the first couple times people do this, it is, it, it's really difficult for a lot of people. Once you kind of get past that, and, and you can at least kind of stand there in the water and you're not jumping all over the place, hyperventilating, try doing the breathing. It is incredible. So now my, when I take my cold shower after the IR sauna and the breathing, then the X3 workout, then I get in the shower, take a nice long hot shower as long as I want. When I turn it to cold, I immediately just start the breathing. And I do one round of breathing with 35 breaths. That's just about four to five minutes for me, depending on how long I can hold my breath. And I just totally forget about the cold. 
I'm counting my breaths and I'm, you know, focused on changing my physiology. And the next thing I know, four or five minutes is up and I've just totally forgotten about the cold. All right, just time to shut the water off and dry out. Yeah. Yeah, it's just about perfect. And I, I think it actually does change your body temperature. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I just wanted to run that experiment on my wife just to see. <laughs> it, it, I mean, nothing. She knew nothing about it. I promise yeah, you. you. Right. That's, that's, um, but it's interesting that, first off, she trusts you enough to just, to, all right, I'll do that. Not didn't ask any questions or anything. That's awesome. But then when when she was done, for her to say that was very calming, because that's the whole point. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, right. that that's pretty interesting, really. That that it it was enough that she noticed that's what changed. Well, my wife and I don't have issues. We're also we got this really. I won't call it odd because it should be normal, but we have this other unique quality about our relationship. We don't argue ever. There you go. That is awesome. All our our kids are raised. Uh, We've remodeled probably 15 different times. We've, uh, well, you know, talk to me. We live, we lived in a damn camper and built a house and had to fire the builder. Took us two years. We got the house finished. We went through that. Yeah. Went through a horrific motorcycle accident together and she didn't have a helmet on. I'd have lost her. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Even, even had, uh, one of the daughters move back in with her daughter in the camper. Wow. And yeah. we still never argued. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a good relationship. But, uh, no doubt. Very strong. Well, there ain't no sense in talking. To, I, I told her when we first started dating years ago, I was like, this is a very easy thing to say and another thing to follow. But you should never, in my opinion, look at the one person you claim to love the most in your life and talk to them like they're the biggest piece of shit you've ever met. Yeah. Just to turn around the next day and tell them how much you love them. I go, I don't have time for that in my life. And I don't want it. And she agreed. Yes. And it's worked. Yeah. It's stuck, you know? Yeah. Um, good advice for a lot of people. They should stop and think. Uh, you know, going back to the breathing real quick, when yeah. you explain this to somebody and you tell them they're going to hold their breath until they really feel that strong urge to breathe, that does not sound calming to most people. But it's incredible how calming that yeah. stage of it is. Yeah. I think it because in, in my mind, when you're doing this, you have such a, you're, you're focused on your, I, I don't know it's the right way to say it, your, your entire mental focus is on your own person. Yes. And, and I think that's why it calms you because you're, you're not thinking about, uh, the shitty news that I don't even listen to the news anymore. You're not, you're not thinking about the gas prices or the diesel or you're not thinking about anything, but you, you yourself, your breath and everything that everything else is gone. It's like a meditation. You know, I was just waiting to jump in to say, this is very, very similar to all the things they tell you about meditating. Focus on your breath, clear your mind that that's what this does. It's like a, a, a 
you know, a method of meditating. And it works better than any other method of meditating I've tried, including wiring my head up with all kinds of devices that are supposed to help you meditate. And, you know, it, it works, but nothing works as good as this. And, it, and it's just so easy and you can do it anywhere. I was, um, I, I, yeah. I, when I was at the, this last conference and on the first day I said I started listening to the other speakers and realized I, I, I blew it. I, the, the presentation I was about to give did not fit at all. And sometimes that's okay because I was the keynote. And, but I, I thought, oh, you know what, I, I really need to make this fit better. Then one of the speakers, and I'm not going to say which one, talked really fast. I, I mean, really, you've, have you ever listened to drug commercials on TV? Yeah, the disclaimer guy. Yeah, <laughs> quiet and yeah. fast. And I, I, I swear this guy was, that was his prior life. He had to, he talked a thousand miles an hour and quiet. I started to stress out so bad I don't know what it is, but listening to somebody like that just stresses me out. And I look down at my watch and I'm like, shit, my stress level's at 95 and I've got to speak here in a little bit. And you don't want to, I mean, I like to be nice and calm and centered and focused before I go up. So I thought, you know, I, I should leave and just go get prepared. And then I thought, no, I really want to hear this stuff. I should at least stay in the room, especially since it's the first day. I actually sat there at the table and started doing Wim Hof breathing and it worked. I, I kept doing it like five or six rounds quietly and not, you know, nearly as intense as I usually do it, but enough that I brought my stress level down from the nineties into the forties. It really works. Yeah. Um, one thing you brought up, I think it was uh, Dr. Wilson. He was talking about on an unrelated subject. His uh, heartbeat, heart rate variability. Yeah. His, his, you said his got well well north of 100? No, no. I Either I misspoke uh, or you're confusing two stories. Uh, I did spend a lot of time talking with Dr. Wilson about HRV and getting his opinion about it because as a cardiologist. Well, some, somebody just said yeah, got ben, really high and you said, I remember distinctly you said you didn't even know it went north of 100. Ben Greenfield. Okay, Ben Greenfield. Yeah. So you own the same type of bed I've got. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. Uh, the one you don't use in your spare room. Right. Uh, select yeah. comfort bed. Sleep number, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so my heartbeat ver heart rate variability is uh, last night was like 59. My wife's is like her average is 161, and the highest that she's ever got was uh, 181. Isn't so that here's crazy? well, here's I mean, what that I, woman I is calm. Yeah, now <laughs> that but it's not just calm. Calm wouldn't do it. What this is and the reason Ben Greenfield scores that high is because he's a triathlete, a crazy active triathlete that it's so it really measures fitness, overall fitness. People who are very fit score higher. Calm is a part of keeping it balanced. So, and here's the other problem, and I, I'm going to ask you if it's possible for you to do an experiment for me, because I don't think that number's anywhere close right. to being correct for your wife. Yours may or may not be. Okay. Here's the thing, I, 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 and I should do this test myself, but it's on my list. 
I just got so much to do. Swap sides uh, of the bed? No, don't swap sides of the bed. I, I, if you have any other device that can measure HRV, because I don't believe that bed can be accurate for HRV. I'm not even sure where it's getting that information from. I know it can measure heart rate, but, you know, the, the sensor on the watches that measure HRV are fairly new and high tech. We used to have to wear chest straps because the sensor had to be so big to do this. And then, you know, Garmin uh-huh. managed to get it into a watch and this couple, you know, Aura gets theirs into a ring. I don't believe that the bed's accurate enough. Now, no matter what device we use, they might even be using different scales or different ways of showing the information that could be confusing when we're trying to compare one to another. But what I would say is whether a device is accurate or using a different scale, I don't really care. We could still use it to measure our own progress. So that that's a, a good measurement right. for me. But I, I don't believe that your wife's at 160 to 180. I think something is really wrong with that reading. Okay, that's fair. I don't have another device to do that with, but I will say my wife is uh, very active. One of the downstairs, we got three bedrooms and a bath and a entertainment room and a tornado shelter. But one of the bedrooms downstairs, I made it into a fitness center for her. She's got a, uh, oh, all her dumbbells and her mats and her, elliptical and a bicycle and I, I got a heavy bag down there and uh she's my wife will be 50 this this uh next august and she she's a i just like tell everybody she's a damn power driver it's like she don't quit it's like she's she reminds me of back when i was in my 30s you, you couldn't make me sit down I was on the yeah, and, like all the time and like i said i would imagine that her hrv is is much higher than normal but I, I've, I've never even seen anybody get close to 180 or 160 even. The couple, ah, so, the couple of most so, of Ben Greenfield's so she, numbers were in the 90s, but there were a couple times where I saw him break a hundred just by a couple points, and I thought, well, I didn't realize it went over a hundred. I thought it was because I had never seen a number over a hundred. So w- with anybody. So right. when he did it, I thought, well, that's odd. So it's not zero to 100. It must just keep measuring variability and putting some score on it. And maybe there is no upper limit. But I don't think he ever broke 110. And this is a guy who regularly runs triathlons and echo challenges and all kinds of crazy endurance stuff. Yeah, I don't think my wife's quite there. That yeah, it, <laughs> we, you know, sometimes we get those weird anomalies. Like my my resting heart rate is in the forties, and typically that's only elite athletes that get there. I, I'm not an elite athlete. I'm nowhere near an elite athlete. I don't train like that, but I don't know why I have such a low resting heart rate. Do you know what your beats per minute are when you're resting or sleeping? Or uh, My average, if I look on uh, my Garmin right now, uh, let me check real quick so I can be accurate. It is my current seven-day average is the easiest one to check. Uh, 47 beats a minute is my seven-day average. Okay, mine's uh, 63. That's really good. 
you know, anything in the, you know, but, under... But I'm, a, I'm a drug driver, though. Yeah, anything under 70. You know, the, the, the what they'll call normal is like 60 to 100, I think. I forget the upper number, but it's fairly high. And usually anything under 60 is some sort of, like I said, usually somebody who's really good fitness. Um, and again, that's not me. I'm not trying to pretend that I am. I don't know why. Um, now, I would not be surprised if my resting heart rate was in the high 50s, low 60s. You know, I eat well. I, I do all these things to lower my stress. I'm always working on this stuff. But why it's that low um, in the 40s? And, and there are times where my seven-day average will be in the low 40s. 43, I think I had a couple weeks ago. But I, I don't know oh, why. Wow. And I've never found any reason why it might be that way. Ain't no telling, I guess, on some things. Well, I'm glad you, uh, glad you, both you and your bride there, got started on the Wim Hof breathing. Post your results once in a while. All right. Well, I'll let you grab somebody else, and uh, this, I did want to get back with you on that. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, I love getting feedback on that kind of stuff. Let's go to Ohio. Travis, welcome to the program. Hi. I was... Uh I pulled probably the worst aerodynamic trailer they make. Which one? It's uh, bull rack. Um, they're bad. They're they're bad. They're not. Car haulers are just as bad. Okay, uh, we're we're doing rear ends. We're gonna. My boss wants to stretch the truck out, so we're doing a cut up on the back. And I'm trying to figure out what what would probably be the best gears to run. Because why does he? Why does, do, uh, stretch, uh, why does he want to stretch out? Why does he want to stretch out the truck? Because he likes the way they look, and I think we're putting a tag axle under it too. Uh, uh, All of so, our trucks are about three hundred inch wheelbase. So, are you converting it to a six by two with the tag, or are you going with an additional tag on top of a six by four? Uh, tag on top of a six by four. So this owner could give a rat's ass about fuel economy. Don't worry about your gears. I mean, there is well, nothing I, about this about truck. That's... I want to buy the truck here in a couple of years. No, you don't. And if you do, you're an idiot. Why would you buy a truck like this with fuel at $5 a gallon? You're going to get four and a half miles to the gallon. And we have proven that north of eight is possible with the bull rack. We've done it. That's $40,000 a year profit just so you can own this truck that looks nice. Yeah. You're, you're willing to pay $40,000 a year? In 10 years, well, that's $400,000. No, yeah, no, I was understanding what you were saying. Oh, thank you. Sheesh. I thought you said, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Holy cow, I almost had a heart attack. No, now I, my, I, was, now, I, saying, now yeah. I wonder what my heart rate is. I'm pretty sure it just shot up with that one. Uh, it's it's so high it won't even register on my watch right now. Um, now this look, really, there is no point in talking about what gears to put in this truck. What's in it now? Okay. Three forty twos. And why why would you need to replace them just because you're stretching the frame? Because he's doing a, a cutoff on the back end. 
Do you want? Because we want to. It's got the uh, high air leak heater belt suspension. And we want to do the low air leak. Man, it sounds like this is somebody who spends an awful lot of money on stuff that really doesn't improve efficiency whatsoever. In fact, it makes it worse. So the point in, in gearing, if I were going to do anything, what engine and what year? I guess I'll throw some gears out there since you're going to change them. It's, it's a 03 6NZ Cat with an 18-speed double over. Okay, so perfect. Go to your owner and tell him you really want 264 gears in that truck and then call me back and tell me what he says after he kicks you out of his office. And I I can predict that because this guy is clueless about fuel economy because he doesn't care about fuel economy. So he's going to have the same reaction all of these long truck, big hood people have. 264s, oh my God, we'll never get up a hill. Yeah, well, uh, there's just no point in talking to somebody like that about fuel economy. So leave the 342s or buy whatever the hell he finds as a cutoff. I mean, there's no point in trying to pick gears here. The guy's just clueless about all of this. And honestly, you don't want anything like this truck if you ever want to be an owner-operator and actually survive and make money. People that own trucks like that will be some of the first to fail. Now, let me, let me clarify some things. There are guys who have run big hood classics, big power, all kinds of th- for 30 years. They've made it through all the ups and downs. Kudos to them. That, that's why you're owner-operator. That's why we want to run our own business. We get to make our own choices. And I don't criticize those people if they're happy. Now, if they start bitching about high fuel prices and low rates, then we can talk about all of their choices. But I know a lot of people who do really well with trucks like this, and they're happy. But to start off like this is a major mistake. Okay. Just just enjoy driving his big stretched out trucks. Okay. Let him pay for the fuel. I mean, what what are you getting? Four and a half to five? Yeah. Uh, four and a half on a good day. When yeah. I'm at ninety thousand. Yeah, that's that's just insanity. How wasteful, really? I mean, forget about everything else. Just wasteful. That's the reason we're going to get pushed into electric trucks because we still have an industry yeah. that gets such horrible fuel economy. If we were all pushing nine and ten miles to the gallon, electric trucks would never make it. Yeah. All right, you've got some things to think about there. Let's uh, let's go to Wisconsin. Tim, welcome to the program. Kevin, how you doing? Doing good. What's on your mind today? Well, listen to Friday's show and uh, got motivated and fermented some peppers and honey over the weekend. Isn't it drop dead simple? This is the easiest fermenting I've ever well, done in my life. It's a little scary because I did three quarts, packed them in there with, you know, my whatever you call that muddle, or whatever, and yeah. put the honey in. And uh, within three or four hours, it was like half. Yeah, there's. <laughs> and the honey was all, 
the honey was water already. There's nothing and, um, you can do to pretty- stop that. You know, I said I, I was trying to make it so I didn't end up with half liquid and half peppers. And then I realized that's never going to happen. Because no matter how many peppers we can pack in there, once the honey starts to pull the water out of the peppers, which it does pretty quickly, you end up with shriveled up dehydrated peppers, which don't take up much space and a lot more liquid. So we're always going to have that once they start to ferment. And isn't it shocking how fast it happens? It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, the jar is like half full yeah. of peppers. Yeah, from and, 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 and the, yeah. the liquid itself is, is, you know, just slightly more viscous than water. Maybe like not even as thick as half and half, really. Yeah. No, it's, it's almost like water. So and, the, um, the easiest way uh, to use this, and it is really easy to add this to food. It's a great way to get a little heat in. It gets all kinds of background flavor. Um, put it in squeeze bottles. Yeah. Just go yeah. buy what about some the peppers, Kevin. What, uh, what do you, what oh, do you recommend? I mean, can I, Oh, I'm developing all kinds of recipes. Here's a quick one. That's really good. Um, do you like goat cheese? Sure. So goat cheese is a soft, fresh cheese. Um, a lot of times you'll, no. you'll see goat cheeses flavored with things and they do that because it's easy. It's, you can mix things right into the goat cheese because it's soft. So you'll see garlic and herb or, you know, fruit seems to go well, um, in goat cheese. You'll see all kinds of different flavors. So I found one of the best things to put into goat cheese, take those leftover peppers and chop them really fine because they got kind of a weird texture after they dehydrate like that. Chop them really fine and mix that into some goat cheese. It is really good. Then take some nice uh, sliced meat, spread that goat cheese and peppers in there, roll that up and eat that like a snack. That is so good. I'm working on all kinds of recipes and, and, you know, start chopping up those peppers and just throw them in the dishes that you're making and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Put them in salads. Yeah, it was, uh, like you said, like you said, it couldn't be any easier. I mean, that's about as easy as it gets. I guess the hardest thing was trying to figure out what a good quality honey is. That's pretty tricky. Um, you know, because, uh, you know, if you look... I guess from what I found, uh, if something is labeled raw unfiltered, um, that's, that that's means what you're looking that it's for. unpasteurized. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Raw it, unfiltered is, guessing, is your best bet. Then the only way we get any better than that is if it's produced locally where you live or spend most of your time. And there's a reason for that, 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 yeah. So there are a lot of things in our environment that kind of irritate our immune system, pollen and and things like that. Honey has been proven to really be a a cure for that, to really improve our sensitivity to those things. Even if we don't know that we're quite sensitive to them, they're still aggravating our immune system. When When the honey is local, the bees are actually gathering that pollen, the stuff that's irritating us. And when we get little micro doses of it in this honey, it's almost like getting 
nature's vaccination against those irritants. But if you go somewhere else, totally different irritants and totally different pollen. So we do try when you can try to get your honey local. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, that was about as easy as you could do. I mean, wonder how that worked like with other things. Have you, I mean, oh. have you tried it with oh. other vegetables? You can, you can infuse honey with all kinds of stuff. I've got, you know, Last year, my house looked like a yogurt factory. Now it looks like a honey hot sauce infusion factory. Um, have you ever heard, I think I've talked about it a couple times on the air, something called fire cider? Yeah. So fire cider, for the people who don't know, it's it's important right now. We're heading into flu and cold season, and they say this one's going to be a really bad one. I have some thoughts on that. Um so fire cider is this drink that's, you know, supposed to save you from catching anything. And it's a lot of really, really intensely flavored stuff infused into raw apple cider vinegar. So it's things like horseradish root, turmeric root, garlic, hot peppers, black pepper. Uh, what else is in there? Some herbs, parsley, rosemary. And there's different recipes around, but I think uh, some citrus, maybe some lime or lemon. And again, different recipes, but you get the idea. It's this really intensely flavored stuff. Um, And it's supposed to be really good for our immune system. And people will take a shot of it in the morning. You take all those things and you just chop them up small and you pack them into a jar with apple cider vinegar. And then you let it sit for like three to six weeks. um, And then you strain all that stuff out and you do maybe a shot of it in the morning. And they say, you know, that'll keep you healthy all through cold and flu season. So I'm now what I'm doing is I've got a batch of fire cider going in vinegar minus the hot peppers. Everything else went into that. Then I'm infusing the honey with the hot peppers. And at the end, I'm going to combine these two. And it's going to make one of the things it's going to do. It's going to make that shot a whole lot easier to do. That apple cider vinegar is so acidic. Um, the, the honey, the hot honey will really mellow it out. But I have another batch of honey going where I just put all of the fire cider stuff right into the honey. But since this is a drink to strengthen your immune system guess what kind of honey i'm using this is going to be the world's most expensive fire cider yeah i'm using a really potent high level manuka i think the stuff is like 42 dollars for like a six ounce jar i think um the nice thing about this is it it you get a lot more honey when you do this right because you pull all that liquid out of all that other stuff so you get a lot more honey so i'm thinking that if we're looking for an immune booster, this is it. Oh, and, and by the way, I, I, somebody out there is right, right now they're thinking, I know they're thinking this because I've been saying it for years. This is something else we got wrong. You know how um, Dr. Wolfson told us we got the whole melatonin thing so wrong? Um, and yeah. we, we've done this a lot in the functional health world. We, we make assumptions sometimes, and then we go with it, and then everybody keeps repeating it. Uh, the first big one I can remember is we said if you ate too much protein, your body would turn it into sugar. 
because we were looking at this process called um, neuro, oh sh- now I forgot the name of it. I haven't said it in so long. Um, anyway, doesn't matter because we were totally wrong, totally missed the boat. That that can happen in the body, but it doesn't just because you eat more protein. So we were telling people, oh, if you're trying to be keto, don't eat too much protein because your body's going to turn it into sugar. And your body can turn sugar into protein, but only if it needs some. And if it only needs a little, it's only going to make a little. So you can eat all the protein you want and you're, you're not going to end up diabetic because your body's turning it all into sugar. We got that one wrong. We got the melatonin thing wrong. Um, we have always been really, really careful about overdoing things that are antibacterial, antifungal. Um, well, that's what manuka honey is. You know, we, we take manuka honey to kill off the bad viruses or, or bacteria or germs we might have come in contact with. Well, then we started saying, oh, well, you should never do manuka honey every day because it's going to wipe out all your gut bacteria. Well, no, it doesn't. That, that's not true at all. This is another one we just got wrong. It actually helps balance gut bacteria. So taking Manuka honey every day, the only downside to it is the cost. And if you're going to do it every day, by infusing it with something else will really reduce the cost. And while we're at it, why not infuse it with things that are good for our immune system? Yeah, I agree. Um, Hey, one last thing. Uh, uh, I started reading that series of Joe Salatin books and um, I guess I'm convinced that that should just be required mandatory reading for Isn't, anybody. You know, we've always used this phrase common sense, and, and you know, now we joke that it's, it's so uncommon. But, but isn't that what his writing and his ideas are? Aren't they just really, really common, basic sense? There's nothing weird in there. Yeah, it's just it? pretty straightforward stuff. And what's interesting is, uh, you know, I don't know how many of his books you've read, but, um, you know, some of his books on, you know, getting into business, they're very, very sound, good business practices. Yeah, they are. And, um, yeah. And, uh, but I, you know, I just, the way he describes basically how the world, the planet works. I mean, that, that pretty much lays it out. It's pretty simple. Um, and I, you know, I, I, so, just, I just wish, you know, I wish that was required reading for kids because that just, even if you're not an outdoors person, at least, you know, you should understand how it works. But, you know, if you're not an outdoor person and you don't understand how it works, then you're, you know, you could be led down a path of, you know, being a vegan or being a vegetarian yeah, or absolutely. You know, how cows are bad for the planet. You know, it's just the opposite, you know? Yeah. Animals fix and help the planet. They were here before we were. The planet didn't have any problems. Then. Right. You know, that we we did cause most of our problems. I, I'm not a climate denier at all. I realize the climate's changing and we're screwing it up. There's no doubt about it. My problem is every way they want to fix it is going to make it worse, not better. And if you want to experience... Right what's called cognitive dissonance when your brain's trying to reconcile two totally different ideas. All you have to do is when you're done reading 
his books, just go scroll headlines from the mainstream media or watch CNN for a couple days. You'll see that everything he talks about, everything they're pushing is the exact opposite. Right. Right. Well, in the reason is because, you know, what they're pushing is, you know, a lot of money is being made on their push. You know, yeah, I. You never, it, you can't make it, money on, you can't make money on nat, on nature, right, you right. know, on I, natural things. It's tough to I, make money. I agree. Here's what I don't understand. And, and I can agree on, you know, Jeff Bezos owns the Washington, I don't know, which one? Not the Post, I don't think. The other way, I, I don't know. He owns one of the big Washington, Washington Times? I don't know. I'm confused. I get why the the people who own these companies and and I get why they push this point of view Bill Gates and and others what I don't understand the journalist in the street are are they are they just too stupid to understand what they're writing anymore or do they really believe this stuff look they're not going to benefit from this they don't make a whole bunch of money because people eat fake meat and take the vaccine they're just, you know, down in the trenches like you and I every day, earning a living. But do they really believe this stuff? They're the ones writing it every day. Yeah, I, that's the $100,000 question. Do they believe it? Are they in on it? Do they reap benefit from it? Or are I, they I just know. stupid? Again, Sometimes I'm wondering now, I, I don't like to call human beings stupid. Most human beings are just ignorant. And maybe they're just so ignorant. Maybe they're just so locked in their own echo chamber saying these things to each other and writing them over and over that they they just really believe them now. Well, look at the results of the election. I think that gives you your answer. You know, I'm staying out of politics for the most part unless somebody else brings it up. Here's what I don't understand. Really. We know polls can be wrong, especially when you start asking polls about specific candidates. Those I don't trust very much at all. They do very small numbers. They're picky about who you can really manipulate a poll like that. But the one number we've been seeing for a very, very long time, and it's been polled by multiple polling agencies, and it's big numbers. Somewhere between 70 and 80% of the people are not happy with the direction of our country. Why did they reelect all the same people then? Well, you said this, I think, a year ago, two years ago. You said um, one of two things when it came down to what the Democrats were doing. You said either they know that, you know, they know what the outcome of the election is going to be or they're just stupid. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think we got our answer. Sheesh, right? I, 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 I don't get you it. Take, you, you take a state like Florida; they counted seven and a half million votes in five hours, no problems. I, then you take a state like Arizona or Nevada; they're still counting votes. Um, and so you know when so when did I, that start happening? You know, oh, when well, you could, Remember when you could go vote and wait, find out what the results were? Wait, no, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you when it started happening, and it's really ironic. So when I lived in Florida, do, do you, you know, I know there's a lot of politics going on. Do you know who ran against DeSantis in Florida for governor this time? Uh, 
I I forget the name. Yeah. I, I do so know most people was, don't realize this. Yeah. Charlie Crist ran as the Democrat right, right. for governor. When I lived in Florida, Charlie Crist right. was the governor as a Republican. And that's when we had right. all the voting problems in Florida. Remember hanging chads right. and months before we knew the outcome? So, well, I, yep. same state, a lot more people now, and Ron DeSantis and, and a Republican government, a true Republican government. I used to scream back then, Charlie Crist was not a Republican at all. He wasn't even a rhino. He was a, a Democrat in disguise. He was a horrible governor back then. But that's when we had all the election issues. Now we've got a good, strong Republican in there, and they count 7 million votes in five hours. So maybe there's a clue there. Well, it's just, you know, sometimes when things don't make sense, there's a reason why they don't make sense. And, you know, 75% of the country isn't happy with the direction, but yet they put all these people back in. Like you said, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Even the experts are scratching their head. Like, this like, doesn't make any sense. Like I said, when it comes down to individual candidates, you know, Trump was still an issue. I, I you know, it's a shame that he still has so much control over how people think and vote. Um, individual candidates, you never know how that's going to go. People will complain about the government over and over and over, but think that their representatives are just perfect. I, 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 you just see that happen over and over and over. That's how people like Joe Biden spend 50 years in government, never have a real job. They just keep getting reelected. How long has Pelosi been in there and Schumer and and the Republicans are the same way. we got a bunch of old timers there. It, it, people just keep voting for the same people, no matter how much they complain about how bad things are. Right. But you, but in Congress, you, you should be able to communicate, right? You shouldn't have to read off of a prompter to, you know, to get your message across the guy that they elected in Pittsburgh. I, I cannot believe that that oh, dude, happened. I, I can't well, believe that. One of the news shows, I think it was on MSNBC. I can't remember which show I was watching. They had a panel discussion and they were just gushing about this guy saying he's presidential material. Yeah, I saw it. I, oh. I, I, for the life of me, I cannot believe that. And here's something a lot of people probably don't know. The, the stroke severely affected the guy. I feel bad for him. I have a feeling he's vaccinated and somebody should investigate. I'm pretty sure the vaccination probably caused his stroke. It's a very common thing. But what most people don't realize, honestly, the guy was an idiot before he had the stroke. Yeah. Yeah. He is not a, he, he's, yeah. he's hey, never know. had a job. He's a trust fund baby. He, he doesn't understand the real world and he will... He will sign off on anything the Democratic Party tells him to. Right. Or or the governor will replace him when he steps down and put his wife in. There. That's yeah. what their game plan probably is. Yeah. He, he, the, 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 so. Fetterman has never had an original idea in his life. He's, he's not smart enough to have an original no. idea. He's never had to do anything. No. If you've never had to work no. in your life, Speaking you've never of, had to struggle for something, you, don't, you just don't learn much. Speaking of, uh, you mentioned the vaccine. Uh, someone I know, 59, killed over dead. 
What was the common thread? <sighs> Vaccinated and boosted. Yep. The the there is well, so I, much. You know what's I, interesting now. So I, I am absolutely fascinated with Twitter these days. After ignoring it for two decades, I am absolutely fascinated by it. Elon Musk is having fun on there. Um, and some people are having fun on there, me included. Uh, a lot of people are losing their minds. Some rapper, soldier boy or something, I don't know. Yeah, was bitching about it this morning, saying he's going to go create his own app. Good, good, go do it. That's exactly what you should do. If you're not happy with the way Twitter's being run now, I avoided it for 20 years because I didn't like the way it was run. So go make your own app then. And I'm glad because I'm on Twitter and I'm having fun with it. And there is some really, really good vaccine information that is no longer being censored. Yeah, the numbers are, you know, you go to that VIRS site, Open VIRS, I mean, the numbers are just it's awful. unbelievable. It's awful. It's horrible. And yeah. I can't believe nobody is is um, trying to figure out what that really is. The, the constant deaths of young people for no apparent reason. I am, I keep saying this, but every day I scroll the headlines, every day I see somebody died. And before I even open the article. I can I can tell you there's going to be no cause of death. Nobody reports cause of death. And I assume at that point, pretty correctly, that it's going to be one of two things. And both of them are created by our government. It's either going to be a vaccine-related death or it's going to be an opioid-related death. And then they, they just won't put it in the paper. I know personally uh, four people affected I know two that have died, and I know an elderly couple that have major, major side effects. In fact, so major that their doctor that's treating them actually told them that it's probably side effects from the vaccine. We, a lot of doctors are finally starting to at least talk to their patients that way and, and say those kind of things. And, yeah. and they have to be careful. Doctors lose jobs over this. Nurses lose jobs over this. Um, we have a very regular tribe member on HealthyTribe.com uh, whose wife had a severe reaction to the vaccine, and it's been going on for a very, very long time. They've been to functional medicine doctors. They're, you know, they're, they're trying to come up with anything. It, it's been horrible. I, it's just, it's... You know, and, it's and, you know, you got to worry when they... One of the I just posted this morning that there is proof this was in the Lancet back in February, but they buried the truth of it in the in all the data and the tables and somebody found it and they put it on Twitter months ago and it immediately got censored and banned. And if you tried to retweet it, everything got deleted. Um, It's making the rounds again now. That in the Lancet, if you read this report, a couple doctors went in and tore it apart and said, well, wait a minute, shouldn't the headline be this? But they, they hit it. They didn't put it in the conclusion, but it's in the data. So the doctors found it in the data. Basically, what it says is that there's just, we don't know why yet, because nobody's really w- willing to study it enough, but the, the people who right now are vaccinated, 
at whatever level, the more of the shots you got, the worse this is. Their immune system is very different now than somebody who isn't vaccinated. And it's not good. Their immune system has been tamped down. It's not very strong anymore. And is there any wonder why all of the reports right now are all about this is going to be such a horrible flu season? And they're not even talking about COVID right now. They're talking about the flu and RSV in kids. And they're saying the hospitals are almost being overrun already. Yeah, big surprise. Maybe we should be checking vaccination. Well, we know what, what are we like 70 or 80% vaccinated in this country? So the odds are going to be that all those sick people are vaccinated. And then when you point it out, they'll say, well, yeah, of course, more people in, the, in there are, vac- are vaccinated because more people are vaccinated. I know, but why are they getting so sick? Well, you know, it's funny, Kevin, when they say that a man 59 years old died of natural causes. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I mean, oh, please. Then, then, you know, then, you know, there's a problem. Hey, what did he die of? Well, natural causes. Really? 59? 59. Yep. What is sh- I'm 59 and I feel like I'm on top of the world. I didn't feel this good at 30. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I it. It. It blows my mind. And this was a guy that I knew. Yeah. And uh, it, it just, you know, what did he die of? Well, natural causes. You know, you know, well, that's our, you know what's interesting? I just thought of something. I read something, I don't know, 10 years ago that they don't put that on, on death certificates anymore. They haven't done that in decades. That used to be a really common thing on a death certificate. Died of natural causes. They, they stopped doing that. Well, because we can point to what understand. kills people. Oh, they had diabetes for 45 years. Maybe that was part of it. What I don't understand, I, you know, I was in the business, as you know, a little bit. And uh, so when someone dies, when a, you know, a young person dies, uh, an athlete dies, uh, or someone dies unexpectedly, unnatural causes, I mean, it, and it depends on the state or the county, but but uh, uh, you know, medical examiner exams are mandatory in a lot of those. So they should know these answers. I mean, because they can't. If someone just keels over, die for no reason, they don't just dig a hole and throw them in the ground. I, I think they may have started during COVID. I really do. I, I don't well, think that, they were investigating they most did, of those deaths the way they were supposed to. No. No, they did in the beginning because remember they had supposedly you know refrigerator, uh, you know uh, trucks full of bodies. Yeah, but, I guess. But like, like when you say when an athlete when an athlete keels over dead, of course they do an autopsy. Of course they go through because that is not it, you know it's different if you got cancer and you're terminal, right? And then you finally right. keel over. Of course they're not going to autopsy that. You know, but when we, someone keels over for no reason. Of course they do. If we think about this, this might be a good question to ask Dr. Wolfson when he comes back. He's coming back on the 14th, I think, a month from now, 14th of December. Um, Great show, by the way, with him. Oh, he was so good. Um, If a young, fit athlete dies suddenly, whether it's at home or on the field, 
doesn't it, I, I mean, can't we narrow it down to just, a, it's got to be some sort of heart-related issue or possibly a brain-related issue, an aneurysm. Those are pretty rare, but that could do it. But is there anything else that just kills a young, healthy person suddenly? Nothing I can think of. Well, those things, uh, those things in an autopsy you would find. Right, exactly. Aneurysm, stroke. Yeah, that attack. they all leave I, clues. Would, those are things you would right. find. Yeah, you would find that. And, and yeah. are there really many autopsies? So yeah. So are there many other things or any other things that can kill a young, healthy, fit person that quick? Uh, most anything you draw. I mean, you, that's all stuff you can find. Drugs right. may take a little right. bit, you know, through chemistry, but um, it's all stuff that you can find. And so when it gets to that natural causes, that's when they tell you that. Well, we don't know. So, <laughs> and, and that's oh, yeah. the scary part. It is. Natural causes for 50. I mean, if you're 90, okay. Exactly. Causes, right. 59-year-old? Well, yeah. well, look, if you make it past the average life expectancy, okay, maybe it was natural causes at that point. More than likely, it was years of metabolic disease. That really does most people in, um, and we could call that old age. Right. You know, their hearts pretty in pretty bad shape, their livers in pretty bad shape, their kidneys are in pr- pretty bad shape, um, and then they die. I, I, we could call it natural causes, but we could also point and say, well, had they been metabolically healthy, they may have made it another decade. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. But even. You know, even in sick patients, I mean, you know, if they get a, you know, all that information, it's very rare in an autopsy that you get stumped. I mean, uh, like, yeah, right. it, it really right. doesn't happen. It, no, I we're, mean, we're pretty yeah, smart. Everything, everything is pretty easy. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty easy to figure stuff out, but yeah. I always get scared when they go natural causes. Yeah, we couldn't find anything. Now, that, yeah. that just is a little scary. I agree. Hey, Tim, great stuff. I just looked at the call board, and they are piling up on me again. We're going to head off to West Virginia. Randy, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, I called you Friday about that, honey. Yeah. And uh, my wife and I, we put some in a jar, and I, I just kept on cutting up peppers and stuffed them in there. And my wife said, you got too many peppers. I said, honey, we got to fill it up. That's right. We filled it up, took a jar of honey, and... And it took about a half a jar of honey to, to get it, to bring it all the way top. Next morning, I got up, and there was two inches in the bottom with nothing. But real thin honey, like you said. Isn't Getting that crazy? Yeah. It is. Yeah. So, so I put some in my coffee. because I had to take a teaspoon and get the seeds out and everything. I put it in my coffee. And you know how, if you drink a cup of coffee, it, it leaves a... Always leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. Yeah, honey, there wasn't no taste there at all. I mean, Not it was, now. I know. Because I always use honey. I always use honey. Right. Even using this hot honey, and I didn't feel the hotness. But then I put it in my chili, and I put the cut up jalapenos and everything in my chili. Oh, did you? And I okay. had it for supper last night on. Yeah, man, it is so good. So with it the so good. with it's, the honey and the peppers in there, could you notice the sweetness or no? You could, you, it, it tastes sweet, 
and it also takes hot, but, but neither one of them is overpowering. Yeah, it's... It, I, it, it, it just kind of, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it. No, I get it. it and really and good. I, you know, I had some people over the weekend sending me messages. They thought I was high on something on Friday or I was hallucinating <laughs> or, or whatever. And I, I, but the thing is, I, I'm a foodie. I've been cooking forever. I love to cook. I cook all the kinds of different cuisines. I have never found such a unique ingredient. That you can use it in sweet dishes, well, then, you can use it in savory dishes. It it changes everything, but not always in the way you would dry. expect it to. Well, it, it was amazing that that I mean that jar was absolutely. I couldn't get no more jalapenos <laughs> in there. Right, it was You're Right. The next morning, it was two inches from the bottom floating. Yeah. And I'm like, how in the world and, did that happen? And, 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 and it, you can take them out and it looks like they're dehydrated. Like I, you said. I, I was just going to say, if you've ever dehydrated peppers, when you pull them out of the honey, it looks like you took dehydrated peppers and dipped them in honey. It sure does. It's, a, it's amazing. I'll tell you that. It's really amazing. So here's another thing I'm thinking. You know, we I've been kind of working under this theory that that most of our diet should be animal products and that we, we traditionally used plants more like medicine than food. And if you think about that, you know, part of the reason we're having this whole oxalate issue is because we can eat a whole plate full of broccoli now and then, you know, giant sweet potatoes. And those things don't exist in nature. Go try to find a broccoli plant in nature that looks like a broccoli plant. You can just cut a three-pound head off of it and eat it. That doesn't exist. So part of our issue with plants is that these plants weren't around as when we were hunter-gatherers. None of these plants were. They didn't look like this at all. So I think what we're doing is we're eating way too much of them. And I do think we use them as maybe some emergency food now and then, but more like medicine. And if I, I've been going back and studying a, a indigenous tribes and witch doctors and shamans, and um, those were the really powerful people in those societies. Not, not necessarily the chief or the leader. Um, they, they had power too, obviously, but the, the shaman, those the people, you know, revered them. And if you look, most of the time they took these roots and these herbs and all these other plant material and they turned them into some sort of a drink. Tea or, or tinctures or, or things like that. And I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if that's a way to pull all the good stuff out of the plant without getting all the bad stuff the phytates and the oxalates and the lectins and, and all those other things, the plant defenses. Maybe they were smart enough even back then. I can't spell none of that then. stuff you're talking about. What's that? I can't spell none of that stuff you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but I've been thinking about putting pickles in honey and see what happens. Oh, there you go. I, I've put all kinds of things in honey and it, it works. Garlic, ginger, yeah, horseradish, turmeric. Yeah. Hey, how do I get your address? Um, uh, a, for the warehouse, doesn't outfit in 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 West Virginia. I'm gonna send you some honey. 
Oh, I'd love to. in West Virginia is called Appalachian, Appalachian. Oh, I'd love to. Or something like that. Send it to the warehouse. They, they have 1,500 pies. Oh, man. I am, I really, yeah, and it's, it's I'm, a I'm really looking hard at that flow hive out of Australia. I think I'm going to get one in the spring and get me some bees. Well, I'm going to just tell you right now, buddy. The first year you have bees, you cannot get no honey. No, I, I'm, I'm you sure. You've got to let them keep I've, enough to, to survive the next winter. Yeah, I, I'm pretty patient with and, that and kind of stuff. And here's another thing. You know, asparagus, I had to plant, you know, two years in advance and wait to get it. And I pl- last year I planted. you got to give uh, bees lots of room, too. Uh, how much room? If you don't give them enough room, they'll move out. Like how much room? What do you mean? Well, I mean, you start them off with, you say, a 10 frame. You got 10 frames. And, and when you get five of them frames built, then you build them and you put another box on top of them. And you well, put two supers. What and if, when they get the but what supers, if I don't want that many bees? Well, then you ain't going to have them because if you don't give enough room, 75% of them is going to leave. Huh. I figured this could get tricky. It's called a swarm. It is. It, it really is. Yeah, I better do some reading. Remember what I told you? Teach your kids how to, how to raise bees that never have enough money to buy drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to look into hey, it. I, I've figured out some tricky things in the past. I think I can do this. Let me tell you about this Appalachian place. Okay. They, will, they take people that are unemployed and they teach them how to raise bees, and they give them everything they need to get started. And then the next, when they, when they, 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 they mentor them the whole time, and then when they have enough honey to sell, they buy the honey from them, and they process it and jar it up, take it up. Of course, in D.C. and New York, jar twice as much as we do. Good, good. But they hey. get, there's, there's all kind of people that they got, got jobs. So here's what I want you to do. Go on the website, get the address right. for the warehouse. It's on there. Uh, okay. Send that to the warehouse, and when I get it, I'm going to send that company a donation. I love what they're doing. Okay. I'll do it. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. I buy their honey. Yeah. Because right, right now, I lost all my bees last year, so my bees aren't producing anything. Oh, boy. So I, I buy that honey from them. All right. And I have one of their beekeepers, one of their certified beekeepers, come to my house every oh. two weeks and check my bees. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I'd love to support a company so, like that. Uh, all right, I'll do that. And, 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 and they're, they're, they don't have their label on it. And I'll send you some. They've they got two or three different kinds. I'll send you. Good. Like Good. Perfect. On another subject, I want to tell you something else. Sure. I, I bought some of that uh, fuel stuff. The catalyst? Put in your tanks for your desk. Yeah. Yes, sir. And I've been using it. And I was getting like 5.6. Of course, now, and listen to Bruce, he told me not to use the cruise control. So I, I don't use the cruise. And I, and I look at my fuel data gauge all the time and try to keep it in, the, in, in you know. Good. Yeah. Above in the my sweet average. spot. Yeah. And I'm, in the, yeah. And the last, I feel like last night, and your fuel gauge showed I was getting 6.89. Outstanding. And I pull a tanker. I pull a tanker and I have to pump off with my air. So, you know, there's two hours of island at a thousand that, uh, right there every time I pump off. That, that, those 
couple little changes there. Two little changes. Um, probably saved you $15,000 a year at today's fuel cost. But it ain't saved me a penny because it's a company truck. Ah, well, you're saving them. But That's I, a good thing, I, too. I save my job. That's right. right. You're, you're yeah, saving save them. Yeah. And, you I know, like, wanted, I, I, like I said to that caller earlier, we better wake up as an industry and start focusing on fuel economy before we get all these electric vehicles crammed down our throat. You're exactly right. I like to give like Joe's truck to drive. Yeah. Yeah, he keeps telling me he's going to come out I here. If, if he doesn't come out here, as soon as they finish my coach, which I need to make a note and call them after the show today. i got to figure out what's going on with it. Um, once I get in my coach, we're going to take off for the winter, and I'm going to start chasing him around. I'll find him somewhere. If I was looking for a job, I'd, I'd contact his family and get a job there because I've been reading about them. Oh, yeah. Amazing company. Really is. Yeah. but And I don't live... Maybe 300 miles away from them, but I, I'm really, really, really happy where I'm at. Oh, there you go. All right, Randy, great but stuff. i say one thing. Listen to y'all. Listen to y'all ahead. really motivated me to do things. Well, good. Listen to y'all really motivated me. Good, good. And I, and I, I promise you, I listened, to, I listened to you at the Cats back in 07 on, on YouTube last night. Oh, wow. Really? Uh, there's something. You're just about the only person I listen really. There's something yeah. from Gats. In 07 on YouTube with on me it? on it? Really? Yes, they are. Yes, wow. they are. Yep. You and the guy from ATTA. Um, ATBS. You know what his name is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Todd, Todd, probably. Todd Amen. I don't remember his name. Yeah. There's probably. He gets kept on saying, I'm going to get done right quick because Kevin's going to get it here. Y'all didn't come to hear me. You come to hear <laughs> Kevin. And you're like, Todd. Yeah. Kevin gets him a dollar every time he mentions his name. He'll be rich. Yeah, that 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 was probably Todd. Todd's a great guy. All well, right, I really Randy. enjoy your stuff. I good, really do. Good stuff. Thank you. I I, I got to move along. The calls just keep piling up today. I love that. By the way, I'm not complaining. Um, let's go to Oklahoma. Paul, welcome to the program. I think you clicked on Terrence instead. Oh, I did. Um, I was looking at Paul and so Paul, if you're Paul's yelling at his phone right now, Paul's over there going, I'm here. I'm here. Well, you you to me on Friday, <laughs> so it's you then. You did some, that to me on Friday. I, well, see, for some reason it's you. I don't know what That's it me. is. All right. I got to stop calling in then. No, you should keep calling. You're here. So let's no. talk. Paul will be next. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> When you were talking about your heart, your resting heart rate. Now, mine's a 45. Is it I have, really? I have the Phoenix 6, yes. So I'm not doubting the, Gar- the Garmin sensors and all that, but you've tested it on other things, right? My heart rate, as far back as I can remember, my heart rate has always been low. Okay, so then, that, so then it's accurate. So yeah. my thing, I'm guessing, because I'm using the Cardio Miracle religiously, Maybe that has to have something. Obviously, it, it has something to do with it. It could have an impact on it, but again, mine's been as far back as I can remember. Um, two things. I mean, going all the way back to like you know high school physicals for sports. You had to take a physical before every sport, just about. Um, and I can remember two things they always commented on: my heart rate and my blood pressure, both really low. 
And, yep. and what they told me both times was, if you don't have any kind of symptoms, like you're weak or you're dizzy or you feel like you're going to faint, then don't worry about it. Those are the, they're both good things as long as they're not causing any symptoms. All right. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it's like I said, mine's my 40, my seven day is 45. Wow. And I'm like, yeah. And, and not for nothing, I'll be honest. I mean, I've had a couple of belts on the weekend. You know what I mean? I, there was some alcohol involved in there and my, and my variable heart rate was like 52. Nice. And like that. So, and I know I, I've seen it. I've seen it with the alcohol. I've watched it. Oh, you know, if you have a beer or, yeah. you know, it's shot it. I mean, you, you could see it. It, yeah, it reflects on it. It's but bad. I was just curious, like I said, with the because mine's low too. I remember, remember I told you I went to go give blood that time, and they told me I, they wouldn't give it to me because my heart rate was too low. They wouldn't yeah. let me give blood. I'm like, uh, that's weird. It's like, yeah. I when I was yeah. uh, when I was in the military, I gave blood every chance I could. You had to wait so many days before you could do it again. Um, I did it every chance I could because you got the rest of the day off. <laughs> Makes sense. That's right. All right, I'll let someone else get it. I just figured I'd throw that out there with the, uh, the cardio. Maybe that's got a little bit out with it. Maybe so. Well, uh, I, I'm going to dig right. into that and see if I can uh, see if I can figure out maybe what's going on with that. Thanks for the call. All right, Paul, were you yelling at your phone? Yeah, I, did, I just I didn't hear the beep. First thing I said, can you hear me? Because <laughs> I didn't hear a beep. <laughs> I can't I believe that I, I, I don't really do that that often. I do it once in a while, but to do it twice with the same caller, that's, that's right. bizarre. I don't care. I'm not offended. Yeah. What's on your mind today? Um, if you got Chase Joel around, I bet you, you don't get as good a few mileage as he does. No, <laughs> it's not even close. Yeah. The one thing, uh, yeah. the one thing he'll, I'll, I'll never really can, be able to draft them. Yeah, but even then, I won't be able to really catch him because he's probably got three times the range I have. Yeah, you'll be stopping the fuel and he'll be, see you later. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to touch on a few topics. I never have a problem with truck parking because I think outside the box. Exactly. I try not to park at a truck. I try not to park at a truck stop. Exactly. I, I, I did. Big, yeah, I'll go. I'll rather go park something somewhere else. I, I yeah. did that for years in the truck. The only thing I went to a truck stop for was fuel. I certainly didn't go there for their food. I wasn't going there to buy anything in their store, and I really didn't want to park there. I got fuel at truck stops, yeah. and then I left. And that was the single yeah. thing I hated most about my job. <laughs> Getting fuel. I don't know why that whole process bothers me. Still does today. Uh, but I, when I travel in the coach, yeah. I do the same thing. I go to the truck stops to get fuel. Yeah. Well, I don't eat there. I don't park there. I There's so many other places to go park if you just use your head and think outside the box. Now, I get yeah. that there are some places in New England and the East Coast that it, it gets pretty difficult. I get that. But again, I'll go back to the owner-operator thing. Don't run there then. I mean, if parking is such a big issue for you, go yeah. someplace else. Mm -hmm. Plenty of other country to see. So, yeah, yeah, company drivers may like, not I, have all of those options, so I understand why those are issues for them. But when I see a list like this for owner-operators, here's all it tells me. 
you guys are still thinking, not you, I'm talking to them that think, you're still thinking like company drivers. No wonder why you're struggling. Yeah. Yeah, well, one of the reasons I'd rather not park at a truck stop, unless it's a newer truck stop, a lot of the time, the spaces are not long enough for me. If I if I can't get what what we call ass over grass, <laughs> where you back up to the grass, that's right. The the rear overhang, yeah. The rear overhang on a car hauler is considerable. Plus, we can have frontal overhang, so I can be loaded. Well, now they have trucks that are eighty feet long from front bumper to tail light on the trailer. Yeah, and legally we can have four foot overhang on the front and six foot off the back. That's a lot. So you're 90 feet long. Yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of the truck stops, they're designed for 75 feet long units. And if you like, if, if it's got a big high curb and your trailer won't go over the curb, you can be sticking out 20 feet past the next guy if he's in a refrigerated or a box. So, yeah. Well, yeah. believe it or not, even though I was only pulling a 43-foot trailer, that toy hauler, when I had stretched the the truck out and put the smart car up on there, and then the way the fifth wheel and panel hook work on a on a, a fifth wheel camper back, yeah. like that, it you're I was like seventy eight feet long when I finished that thing, and and I thought, how did I end yeah. up getting so long like this? But that that's what I was, and you're right. I, and here's the other thing, thanks to social media. I, every day I look on there and somebody got their truck tore up in a truck stop parking lot. Yeah. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than get woken up at 3 o'clock in the morning and your truck's rocking around. Oh, yeah, I would. Yeah. Off, but, yeah. So there, yeah. there are uh, creative places to park. And for an owner-operator, parking yeah. should not be an issue. I did yeah. see an article so, today that um, Ohio is converting rest areas to parking and upgrading a lot of their current rest areas. So there's one state that's doing something about it. Oh, okay. It. Yeah. So uh, fuel prices, I'm not going to be able to change it, but I don't like it when they're up around the $5 a gallon mark because I don't think it's good for the economy. But Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't change it though. So. I, I agree, but I, I've been thinking more and more about us as an industry. I did those numbers for that uh, keynote I did, and I took the industry yep. average of six point six and said, "Had we been working on this for the last two decades, nine point six could have been the norm." Um, so we're wasting yep. nine billion gallons of fuel a year. How how does everything get priced in a free market? Supply and demand. We're creating our own high fuel price by being so wasteful. Yeah. So, and then uh, you, the guy that called in with the the bull rack, they want to make longer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. Uh, I know why they want to do that. It just dawned on me. There's a practical reason for that. They want to get away from the smell. 40 acres and I'll turn it around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if they go 80 mile an hour, they'll be ahead of it anyway. Well, right. Yeah. yeah. But, no, you know, and they never but, back uh, up, do they? I don't think so. 
I don't think they know how to back up. Well, they got to back as they got to back up to the shoot. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Well, maybe they just, yeah. So anyway, um, car haulers we don't back up much. That's true. But we do have to be able to back the cars on or off. Uh, yeah. So, but the the air the aerodynamics difference between a car hauler and a bull rack. A bull rack, the trailer is always the well. Only time it changes is in the winter when they put the panels in there to block the holes. Right. But the bull rack is always the bull rack. The car hauler changes I could have a constantly. Chevy, yeah. I could have a Chevy fifteen hundred backwards over the hood, <laughs> right. or I could have a aerodynamic <laughs> two door Mercedes. Yeah, and then I can have stuff sticking up in the middle, so the aerodynamics on a car hauler is they're awful. Can be a lot worse. Yeah, but it's so it's so changeable. Right, the bull rack and that trailer is you, still the same. The last time yeah. you and I were talking, I think I said you should you know only haul Lamborghinis or Ferraris or something. But honestly, that's only a slight improvement in your aerodynamics. They're still a mess. Yeah, well, the like last. Last last week compared to the week before, because by the time I went to vote and did all my stuff, and I wasn't going to leave until Wednesday morning, but I don't like getting out of bed early, so I decided I'm going to leave on Tuesday night. So I didn't start my pre-trip till 20 to... I got up at 6.30 Tuesday morning, and I started my pre-trip at 20 to 5 Central Time, and I got my 605 miles in before I went to bed. But I ran down to Texas at 67 mile an hour, and then I thought, I'm going to step it up, and I ran all the way to Mississippi at 70 mile an hour, but when I fueled up the next day, I was half a mile to gallon worse off compared to the week before when I went exactly the same route with pretty much the same load. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. That'll do yeah. it. But uh, but uh, I was, uh, it was a busy week. It was... Uh, from when I left home on Tuesday night to when I got home on Saturday night was 2,978 miles. Wow. And it was 100 and, 101 hours from when I left home to when I got back home. That's a big week. Yeah. That is a big week, yeah. no so doubt. I was working past midnight, wor- working past midnight every day of the week, but sometimes you, you got to do what you got to do. So There you go. Yeah, so, okay, I got to go. All right, good Thank talking you to you. Let's go to Missouri. Fred, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. So since uh, I don't have time or I'm just lazy, why don't you just put a couple of bottles of uh, your honey pepper sauce (laughs) and send it out to Texas for me? (laughs) Hey, I had an idea this morning. So... I, I didn't even talk. I'll probably not talk about any of this stuff till Wednesday, but uh, we can talk about it right now. I'm working on those new functional drinks. I'm really on to something here. The whole idea that, you know, back way back when, when, you know, we really practiced real medicine and we had witch doctors and shamans and we did use a lot of liquids right. to deliver those things. Yeah. And, and we've talked about the fact that the reason I don't like the idea of a multivitamin, you just can't get enough of anything into capsules if you have to swallow them all. It's miserable. So I, I, I keep looking at the most effective supplements I take. I, I take them all in a drink. My vitamin D in the morning. It's so easy to throw in the coffee. When we want some collagen, we throw it in the coffee. 
the light balance we throw in the coffee, the cardio miracles, a, a liquid, the best magnesium I found to help with my sleep is a liquid. It's a powder and you make a drink out of it. And then the adaptogens that have helped me so much since Danielle set up this protocol for me, the best way to get those adaptogens are all the Four Sigmatic products and you put them all in drinks. So I'm creating a whole list of functional drinks and I'm going to kind of group them for morning. I I, I read your post. I I like that first one. Yeah. Oh, the the one today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to put some in the morning and some of the morning drinks will be caffeinated and some will be non-caffeinated. I alternate now in the morning. Then I'm going to do some afternoon drinks that are specifically for that time of day. And then I'm going to do some evening. The afternoon and the evening, my versions won't have any caffeine in them. I just don't think we should be. But if there are people that love caffeine, they say they can drink it all day. Be easy to modify these. But I'm going to make them all um, non-caffeinated in the afternoon. So I started posting them today. And I realized we need a cool name. I can't just call these functional morning drinks because there might be multiples. And then how are we going to keep all these straight? And I'm terrible at naming things. It's always the most frustrating part of. Okay. So I I had this idea. Um, I am, Lisa and I are putting together really cool gift baskets this year for Christmas. Um, Almost everything's going to be handmade. So Lisa's just amazing with her Glowforge, that laser cutter, and she creates just some really unique stuff on that. I've got so much stuff out of my garden. Um, so we're, we're doing, like I'm going to do the hot sauces, the hot honeys. We're bottling them. I'm putting shrink wrap caps and everything on them, and um, Lisa will probably create really cool tags for them. Um, so I got thinking. Maybe I'll have a contest to name these drinks and the winners, because we're going to have multiple drinks, so we'll probably have multiple winners, just might get one of these personalized gift baskets from us. Just a thought. Well, I have a, I have a good name for the overall setup. Okay. How about adapt, adapt to the situation? Adapt to the, there's something there. I'm going to write that down. Adapt to adapt, adapt adapt to the day, maybe. Adapt to yeah. Adapt you can to use the, adaptogens. Yeah, you know? I like that because all of these drinks are based on adaptogen. <laughs> I'm going to work on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like yeah. it. It's not perfect. So, it needs a little tweaking, but I, I worked, like the concept. Right. No, I know. I know. I, I was just thinking about that while you were talking. Um, I, I was. Uh, I've been working all weekend, so of course I've been plugged in uh, to the to the radio and everything. And, um, I, uh, I, um, instead of going too deep into what happened, I heard someone say pretty obvious that the Republicans really don't have a message that they'll live and die by on any issue, you know? Yeah. So, and the Democrats and the Democrats do, you know, um, like like the abortion issue, like it like it or not, the Democrats will definitely so, fight to the last tooth, and and, and I, everyone knows that. I, I get that. So, You're right. That we got to think about that. But I, here's what I I'm just uh, again, 
when you look around the country, what a mess we're in. And everybody seems to agree. It's not just the Republicans saying this. These were polls across all races and ages and Mm -hmm. geographical areas. People are just very, very upset with all the problems in the country. We really think that the biggest issue we should be talking about is killing babies? I don't care what you think about it. No, but, no, but that's... no, no. You see, that, I, don't, I don't believe that's it either. I think that's a, that's a secondary issue that has, that has driven people to the polls anyway. I know. But, I wonder why. You know, I, who, who really well, are there I, are people like who sit around and think, man, I'm going to vote because we're not killing enough babies. Right. I, I understand. I don't understand that thinking as well, but it, it, there is a population that does that. And they've been brainwashed into this. Like, look at everything else we, we, we talk about. Look at the vaccinations, for instance. You know, you just said, uh, I forgot what stat you gave, but 70 percent of people are vaccinated or something. Whatever like it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, uh, you know, I, I liken this to this. Um, I, I think you kind of have to follow the the. the the reasoning that I'm trying to come up with with this is so, you know, they demonized Trump. He was bad for democracy and everyone was waiting for the shoe to drop before he became a fascist. And, and he, you know, he was going to subvert democracy and take away everyone's rights and everything else. And, and everyone got fired up on him for for four, four to five years. He was the antichrist for lack of a better term. Um, then you had January 6th happen, which they prefaced it as an insurrection. And they also <laughs> said that they were trying to shut down democracy. Yeah. Okay. And now you have the, the messaging from the Democrats the last two months of the election. Democracy is on the ballot. Democracy is on the ballot. And if you go to the mindset of the ge- generic people that are out there that aren't politically charged, they're, they're taking their marching orders from 98 percent of the reg- of the media besides Fox. And 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 they're and so now they feel that maybe this is correct. Maybe democracy is on the ballot and we have to keep these people in power because there is no so, message coming from the other side. That that's really. Worth so I I agree. The Republicans you know, and I kind of understand why in this election cycle they didn't. Um, I think they thought it was going to be so easy. All we have to do is point out all the problems, you know, and here well, I, I think here was the their message. You can't run on. You can't. No, I, I can't say I can't say that you're you're worse than I am. I agree. You know, I, and, no, and I know. I expect you to vote. For but me. but here's what I think they were looking at. I think they were trying to convey the message that. There was no inflation when Trump was in office. The border was mostly secure when Trump was in office. The interest rates weren't right. through the roof. There, there wasn't inflation. There, I, I, we could go on and on and on. And once this administration took over, all of those problems occurred. So in their mind, I'm thinking, to them, they are the solution. Whether they tell people how or not, we were in office and none of these problems existed. This administration's in office and they created them all. And, and you're right. That's not a specific enough message. But here's what I, I yeah, if I, I mean, could find at, somebody who actually taught, who actually votes Democratic, if I could find somebody like that, that would actually talk to me and have a conversation, I, I would love for them to point out any of Trump's policy, and I'm not here to defend Trump. I honestly wish he would go away. 
we have enough good candidates we could run that that don't tear the country well, apart after the way the weekend, he did. I do too. Yeah, it, it, it's after I, the weekend. I do too. Attacking DeSantis and everybody. Well, I mean, he on, and he's always crazy. done that, and that's you know why did he taunt the media over and over and over and over? He created his own problems, and he created our problems. Now that the media lost their mind over him, and he just kept pushing it. He should have just stuck to what the hell he was supposed to be doing. Run the country, ignore the media. And he didn't. So as much as I love his policies, I wish he'd just go away. We have other people that can do just as good policy-wise, and they won't be so divisive and aggravating as he's been. But what I'd love to hear from somebody is... Could you please point to just one of his policies, anything he did, an executive order, anything that even bordered on fascism? Because honestly, the more of his policies I saw, the more I thought he's actually a libertarian. Right. So where, where, did, where did this fascist no, and, and stuff I, even and come I, and from? I agree with what, 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 what was fascist well, it, about it him? From, it, it came from... It came from just demonizing the other side. I mean, they, 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 they demonized everybody. They demonized Reagan. They demonized Bush. Bush was stupid. Bush couldn't speak. Uh, you know, I mean, they did, they did, they, they, they won hyperbolic on Trump because Trump was supposed to be one of them. He was in the know and hanging out and, and he was on in the, in the gossip columns, the apprentice. And all of a sudden now he's, Oh, well, how did he get on my, the other side of us? My God. You know? it, it, yeah. Think about what I talked about this morning. Elon Musk should be a God to the left. Exactly. And exactly. I have, I, they are, they bucking, are going after the narrative him trying to destroy him far harder than they even went after Trump. It is insane. If you just, what? just scroll a bunch of headlines, it's Elon Musk, you know, eats with his mouth open. Seriously, that's the kind of stuff they're writing. Wow. Well, I'll tell you why. Um, because you, you got to look at this now. Trump really never had the power because the bureaucracy shut him down. Elon Musk has no bureaucracy to shut him down. He, oh, he's, that's a good point. By the company. And, that's a really good you know, point. And so they, 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 kind of, they kind of could contain Trump behind the scenes. That was all the leaking it's, that you had on the phone calls and all other kind of craziness that went on it, it's for a, four years. It's a little more um, difficult to control the richest man in the world. Exactly, especially when he when he has the power to to say or do anything he wants because he owns the site now. But but if <laughs> it, it, honestly, if you look at Elon Musk. You look at the way he's voted. You look at the way he's spoken most of his life just up until the last couple of years. You would have had to have put him right smack in the middle as a moderate Democrat, if anything, but pretty darn close to the middle. He was not extreme in in hardly anything. He was kind of a middle of the road, moderate Democrat, kind of like um, Kennedy, probably. You know, wouldn't we love to have him yeah. back right now? I, I, yeah. Oh, he would be a Republican right now. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, I, I, I'd take <laughs> him back as a Democrat and I'd vote for him. Yes. Oh, I, that's why. Look, at Tulsi Gabbard, the only, the oh, only moderate I, Democrat that had that had that had actually good ideas. Yeah. And, could, yeah, could hey, portray them to the know, public. They they shut her down. You know what, though? In the first debate. You know what, though? Um if you listen to um, 
Fridays when John and I sometimes will get on this topic, John kind of nailed it. Um, when John and I first started talking to each other, you would have thought we were at complete opposite ends of the spectrum politically. And it turns out, and John has said this many times, that he thinks we're both really, really close as libertarians. He would just be more of a democratic libertarian and I would be more of a Republican libertarian. Um, Tulsi Gabbard's right in there. She would be slightly, yeah. she would be, you know, more aligned with John, slightly more on, you know, some democratic ideas of some government programs to help people that need it and things like that, where I might differ right. on some of those right. things. But we're, we're far more similar than we are different. Sure, sure. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think Tulsi yeah. Gabbard was the same my, way. My seven, I don't think she's a Republican yeah, no, I believe at all. I, I no, think she's no, not a, by any means. I not think she's a, a, a moderately Democratic libertarian, if that makes any sense. Well, I mean, I used to call them conservative, conservative Democrats. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but even then, so, well, hold on, because that, that wouldn't describe me. Because a conservative no, Democrat no. is usually very conservative on social issues, and I'm not, not at all. Well, I thought I thought I thought I thought they were I thought they were conservative financially and social libertarian. I that's mean, uh, yeah, I mean uh, that's a libertarian, liberal. right? That's a libertarian, not a conservative Republican. Okay. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. I mean, a conservative yeah. Democrat, I thought they were liberal oh. on social issues and oh, that, on financial. Yeah, you're probably right. And then in my mind, why don't we just call them libertarians? Because that kind of <laughs> describes a libertarian. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand. I yeah. mean, being from New York City, you know, my, my, so, my social, my social, uh, I mean, yeah, for my own life is different. But, you know, I don't care what people do with their lives. I we mean, shouldn't. That, and that's. Pretty much how how Trump is, believe it or not. Exactly. I mean, New York City. When you grew up in a, when you grew up in a in a melting like New York City, like I did. I mean, you know, you whatever financial fiscal policy you you subscribe to makes you, I guess, different. So, you know, one or the other. But yeah, you know, socially, I mean, you know, I I don't I don't care what anyone does with their life as long as they're not trying to it, affect me or change my mind. Yeah, I don't care what you do. Here's my criteria. For people and what they do in their life, how they act, who they live with, who they sleep with, you know, what drugs they want to take. Consenting adults, we don't involve children in any of this stuff. Consenting adults, right. and you're not hurting anybody else. That, that's it. That, yep. that, we shouldn't have laws about things that are between consenting adults that don't involve children and don't hurt anybody else. There should, we should have no laws like that on the books. We don't need them. Now, here's the interesting thing. You said you grew up in a melting pot. New York City's the it's the city of the world. I mean, there's probably not a more diverse city anywhere on the planet. And here was how I grew up. In a small town in Northeast Ohio, um, I don't know, 2,000 people maybe when I was growing up, um, all right. through school. All through school, elementary, middle school, high school. The closest thing we had to somebody who was non-white was a girl who was sort of half Asian. That's it. 
I didn't go to school with a single black person, not a single Hispanic or Mexican person, no foreign nationalities of any kind. It was lily white. And, And yet I'm still able to see that just people are just people. And I wish we would yes. stop referring to them as races or having rules about race. We're never going to get rid of racism until we stop talking about it and just treat people like we are. That, We're all people, and some of us have more melanin than others. I, I am absent most melanin. I look like Casper in the wintertime. That's the only difference. Right. Our skin tone, nothing else. We're human beings. Well, you know, I, I always, I, I always say I treat people the way I want to be treated. And if they decide to do something different to me, then it's on them. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and you know what? I don't wish anyone I, any ill will. I just I, wish them to go away. I, you know, I, I just don't really believe that. And somebody's going to say, well, it's because of white privilege, but I, I just don't really see a lot of that in my world, of, of people being discriminated against because of their color. Hell, you know, honestly, if you look at the statistics, there's some pretty provable statistics that I probably have been um, oh, uh, I, I just drew a total blank on the word again. I wanted to use. Um, anyway, just on this one thing alone. And there's a lot of statistics about this. My height as a male, 5'5", five, five, you get heavily discriminated against in the business world. Yeah, I got you. But who cares? Who well, cares? You know, I can't I mean, change you know, how tall I am. Exactly. It's not something well, I did that, that made just, me short. And I, I just, if it happens, I've never noticed that it happened. Right. Well, this is, this is you know... Uh, Listen, I mean, I remember in the mid to late 70s when I was going to school, they started where they were, they were busting people out of neighborhoods to different neighborhoods to integrate the system more. It, I remember it causing all kinds of chaos. I was too young to understand it per se, but it caused all kinds of chaos everywhere for a little while. And then it just kind of died down after a minute. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we had that in New York City. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I grew up in, in a more of a conservative side of New York City in Staten Island. and Well, a part of Brooklyn, too. But, um, you know, I mean, we have if 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 we can't get past what we can't change, then nothing's going to change. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, I. I had a thought the other day, and I'm going to go do some digging on this, but I I also know that I have a lot of listeners um, who really stay up on topics and books and that kind of thing. Here's what I'm wondering. Has anybody written anything recently that compares where we are in the United States to like earlier attempts at democracy like Rome? Um, That's probably the most popular. And if you look at, at what happened you know, we even have the saying, wasn't it, Nero fiddled while Rome burned. Um, the, the, the society destroyed itself. And if I remember the stories of, it sounded like Rome was very similar to what we're experiencing. And again, I'm going to go back to, I don't care who sleeps with who. I really don't. That, that is not an issue to right. me. But 
what we're doing now with 37 genders and all kinds of new terms and we're, we're castrating children under 10 because we're not sure if they know what gender they want to be yet. I do not agree with any of that. One, because we're involving children. That's the biggest issue. Right. You, you become an adult and you yeah. want to claim that you are, you know, 36 of the 37 genders on Thursdays. I don't care. But we're involving kids in this. Well, and I think we're yes, getting I, to that I, point. And that was a big part of the, what the Roman Empire when it fell. I mean, anything was go was was good back then. You know, if you if you wanted to do it and it felt good, you just did it. And that I, I wonder if anybody's written anything good about that comparison. So if anybody knows of a good book, let me know. I haven't seen anything like that. What what I've come close to is the uh, the end of the world is just the beginning. I actually just started that book over because I lost track of it after I had my uh, oh, my yeah. downtime. Yeah. So I just started it over and he uh he goes through the empires and, and why why financially and, and why why uh empires and why America had so much has so much and and had so much to rise as the Yeah. Not just a superpower, but the the superpower of the world. Yeah. So it was pretty inter it's very interesting book. Um I had a uh, I had a thought there while you were while you were talking, but you know we have to push back at this um, any way you can. Like you know, I you know if if someone is a biological male or female and they want to you know if a biological female wants I, to be called Jim or a biological male wants to be called Karen, I'll call them anything you yeah, want. I don't as care. long as you don't tell me that I have to believe that you're that you're a biological. Well, and here's the other thing. You have you know. Here's the one thing that I I'm just not getting on board with. Um, I, I'm not using your pronouns. Sorry, ain't gonna happen. Right. If you, I, I, I will use your name, and I don't care what the name is. I don't care if it's a female name, a male right. name. We, we've got lots of you know names for both. I, I don't care. But I'm not. I, I learned pronouns, you know, forty some years ago in elementary school. They haven't changed. I'm using the pronouns I've been taught. Mm -hmm. You, she. Well, they, that that, was, what, that whatever. The I'm not whole, using that was the whole your thing with Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not using your preferred pronoun. Sorry, I'll use whatever name you want me to okay. use, and I'll respect that name. But I'm not changing the way I speak English. That's not going to happen. Right. I saw one uh, this right. well, morning. That, that, I was that, on yeah. Twitter, and I'm following some interesting people from all sides of the spectrum. And I watched this female doctor make the statement with a straight face when women and men lose their period and stop menstruating. And I don't know what the point of the whole sentence was because after she said that, I kind of lost my mind. Are we serious? We're really talking like that? You know, I, I don't know. This was a doctor. Either. You know, I, <clears throat> like I tried, I was talking to someone on the other side of the aisle and they gave me a book. They recommended a book to me, and within the first, the first chapter, they're they're telling you falsehoods, complete, provable falsehoods. I can't continue with a book like that. No, I I, I, I don't understand that. I mean, you you know, we you, can't, you can't ignore have your reality. Life. Right, we can't ignore yes. reality. There are you know, there's a lot of gray area, a lot of gray area in the world, but there's some pretty clear black and white stuff that we just can't ignore, except. Now people are just ignoring it. Yeah. 
and and you know you're they're doing it to to somehow be nice or civilize the people. You can still be Sorry. nice and civilize the That's people right. and not not subscribe not subscribe to that craziness. Yeah. And and um, uh, when when you get in my face with this stuff and demand that I start accepting it, all civility will be lost. Right. Correct. Like correct. you said, that's, we got to fight I mean. back you, at some point. You want to force right at some point. It just becomes well, I mean, so that, ridiculous that, yeah. that we can't accept it. Right. And and we need more leaders to fight back on this. And uh, that's getting harder and harder to find. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I'm glad. Uh, uh, did you? I, I am glad that it, it's much much easier to um, say these kind of things on Twitter these days. Yeah, I haven't even been on there, so I I might look look into it. It's got, worth it. You know, kind of got this enchanted I, with social th- media. Two, two decades, um, I'd never logged into Twitter. We had an account. Somebody else in our company posted it. It was a very very inactive account. We just didn't hardly use it at all. I hadn't been on Twitter in two decades. Right. I'm having a ball on there now. Okay. Okay, I got to maybe check it out. Um, did you see? The Tucker Carlson special on um, the uh, men denigrating a men. I forgot what he called it. I haven't watched that one. No, I'm sure I've seen the previews for it, but I haven't watched the the episode. I, I, I haven't watched the transgenderism one, but I did watch the men one because I have a young man at home trying to figure out his his uh, his issues. Um, so. <laughs> It is pretty interesting. I, you know, if you have time to watch it, I'd like to hear your take on it. Um, uh, I can see everything they're saying. Everything he he put in the, in there is pretty. Oh, much oh, right wait a minute. On. Are you talking about the um, the the issue of low testosterone in males? Well, not just that. Not just that. It's just the way society has kind of had a war against. You know, uh, men with yeah. toxic masculinity. Yeah, they have. And, and, it, it, and our yeah. diet, so, with mean, all the soy yeah. and the chemical hormonal disruptors, yeah. And, and yeah, testosterone levels are way down, and you can see it. Hell, I got, I got um, yeah. remember, I got suspended for a week over this issue. Yeah, I kind of do. Yeah, you said uh, someone looked effeminine. I, I, I said Asians. I actually pointed out Asians as a race, and look, that that's, those are just facts. I went through them all, and I'll go through yeah. them all again. How many bald Asians do you see? Not that many, males. None. Not that many. Not many. Yeah, not yeah many. that's not a many. testosterone yeah. thing. Males have male pattern baldness because of testosterone. How many really well-developed bodybuilders do you see as Asians? Not many. Almost none. Uh, Asians tend to be yeah. shorter in stature, and, and so am I, so I can't say much about that. Uh, but I don't have any testosterone issues. Um, what were some of the, Oh, facial hair. How many Asians do you see with big, full beards? Yeah, and also just body hair in general. Correct. So I'm not picking on Asians as a race. I'm pointing out biological facts. We can look at this. It's obvious. Yeah. It's right in front of our face. Asians eat a lot of soy. 
Soy is an estrogen yeah. mimicker. Soy increases estrogen levels in the body, which lowers testosterone levels. Now we've done it to an entire generation of males in this country, and we wonder why they want to paint their nails and wear dresses. Yes, I know. I know. You know, I just, you know, I, that's the biggest thing is, you know, I, you know, for, for better or for worse, I grew up with role models like Eastwood and John Wayne and, yeah. and, and even Errol <laughs> Flynn, who, who, who actually came out, I guess, later on to be homosexual. But he, he portrayed a manly man. Rock Hudson was a manly yeah. man on screen. My, you know, these guys were, were, were men. You, you know, know, and they, I, you know, like. I've said Gay many man, times I that I. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've said many times I, I've just never watched a lot of movies. In high school, as a kid, right. now, today, I just don't watch a lot of movies. I watch more TV now than I probably ever have, but I still don't watch many movies. Um, but one of the movies that I watched multiple times when I was in high school, Pumping Iron, Arnold and Lou. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, the documentary, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was, that, I, that's a staple. Yeah, that's a staple. Absolutely. I, mean, I grew up, I grew up, I grew up work working out trying to be those guys exactly. Robbie robinson yeah uh, you know franco colombo oh uh, you know she, ken Wella, franco Larry colombo scott. do you remember Larry scott La do you Larry scott was five six remember him Larry think, scott in the 60s i think franco colombo is only five six or maybe even five 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 five, five. Yeah. yeah he was do you I met, remember i actually met him i actually met him i did too remember what he used to do that was so incredible backflip right now that but he used to take a hot water bottle and blow it up till it oh, exploded yeah. do you know how hard that the is world's strongest men competitions remember those yeah the strongest men competitions. yeah on abc yeah. they used to play the them? um somewhere i remember franco broke his leg carrying a refrigerator oh that's on right TV. i that's right i remember that one that is right that was him yeah. um also Somewhere yeah. I think it's in Tennessee every year, the Scottish Games. Have you ever seen those? No, I don't think I have. For for men who wear dresses, they were pretty damn tough. It was all that same kind of, um, you know, carrying trees around and you know throwing boulders and well, it, it's that that's yeah. Now now I yeah now they have. Real big competition, you know, boulders and kegs and pressing and all it, kinds right, of stuff. Right, uh, But instead, you know, instead, but, uh, we now get to see our children sitting around watching Drag Queen Story Hour. Yeah, or, you know, or, or plugged in 24-7. Yeah. No, 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 uh, no activity. Yeah. No activity. No, no wonder why we have uh, a lack of leadership today. And I'm not saying that women can't be leaders. In fact, I am so much more impressed with some of the women leaders I'm seeing right now, like Tulsi Gabbard and Carrie Lake and um, some really, really yes. strong women with, with strong morals and strong leadership skills. Where are the men? Well, you know, the thing is, I'm, I, that's, this is not the intent of my conversation is to bash women. I'm just looking at men as a race. I mean, well, I believe, I believe women still want a strong man who can, I, I who think can so. Them in yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't mean to be a male well, chauvinist here. Believe me. I mean, you know, I, I just well, we don't have to be in, in, 
in the in the way in the way we we evolved. We don't have to be male chauvinist about this. We can look at the biological differences between men and women. They're clearly there. They served a very clear purpose before modern civilization. We can go back and see that. And you could say, well, it was too paternalistic. Well, that's not true. There were some societies that were very maternalistic. But men and women were still biologically different. They had different roles. We should appreciate that. That also doesn't mean that they can't fit into society in different ways. All of us. I would have no problem whatsoever if I had a, let's say I was 25 again and didn't know what I wanted to do with my life because at 25, I still wasn't real clear on it anyway. Um, and, and let's say I met a, a woman who was really strong and knew what she wanted and she had a career or a business to run. I wouldn't have a problem letting her do that and I'd stay home and take care of the kids. That wouldn't bother me. I, I don't sure. think we have to play certain roles in society, but I think we should be men. You know, if I were staying home yeah. taking care of the kids, I, I might look like Franco because I'd have an awful lot of time to work out. I, I wouldn't be at well, home, you know, that's, that's you know they, crafting or something that isn't really my nature. I, I would still go with my nature, but I, I would have liked to stay home and take care of kids. I basically raised my son myself. I don't have a problem with I, the know, roles. I would, uh, no, no, exactly. I, 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 I agree with you 100%. But they, they've gotten the society, they've shut down anyone that has an opinion of strong masculinity. They, they've shut them down on social media. Uh, it's, you know, it's really, it's really abhorrent of what they have on. You know, they have more, you know, they, they, don't, they don't try to push young people equally to succeed. We don't push anybody to succeed anymore. We, we've, we've lowered the bar on almost all behavior anymore. We've, we've lowered it so far. We just throw the damn thing out. Yeah, I guess you're right. You know, there is, there is no, uh, there is no achievement award. It's everybody, like you said, everybody gets a trophy now. Yeah, I guess, I yeah. guess you're right. I mean, so, I, I, I try to I try to still look at look at the the 70s when I grew up how you know the, the best was the best and you wanted to strive to to either beat them or at least get on par with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hear I'm looking at another headline I just posted the other day and I love this picture. This guy has got like uh I don't know, he's got like a quarter of a beef in his hand, raw and he's holding it with both hands and he's taking a big bite out of it. And the headline is the viral carnivore diet isn't about raw meat. It's about power. Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. I, I, someone posted that, I believe. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. I didn't read the article, but you know, uh, when you, when, uh, if you ever have time, there was a, a, a trainer in West Hollywood, Vince Geronda, who had it right back in the fifties and sixties. And he trained guys like Larry Scott, and Muhammad Makawi. And I actually met him when I was in the Navy in California. I took a ride down there. I used to train at his gym once in a while. And he would sit there and chat with you and he had the time and just a knowledgeable guy. Um, but he had it all right with sunlight, with, with all of the stuff that we talk about today. He had, he had it 
completely right back in the 60s. One of my neighbors when I was growing up, and I grew up in a very small town, and then I grew up on a very small street just outside of town. I wasn't, I mean, it, when I was young, it was too far to walk into town. So I, I kind of grew up somewhat isolated. There were 13 houses on the street. We were kind of in the woods. Um, so it's kind of a pretty close neighborhood. One of the guys, and I, I wish I could have appreciated him more because I look back now and had to be one of the most interesting people um, around. So my first experience, he had a son that was two years younger than I was, um, but he pushed his son to do everything. And it, it not, well, sometimes it got in, in a bad way at times. Um, so even though he was two years younger than I was and I was fairly small, him and I were always competitive. Uh, we were about the same size, right. even with the age difference. Um, the first thing I remember was uh, I was like six or seven. Um, the guy owned a motorcycle shop, little motorcycle shop in town. So he started his son really, really young on this little mini bike. And of course, I'd go over there and ride it. So, you know, he was teaching us both how to ride. So then I went and, you know, convinced my parents to buy me one. That's how I got started racing. So I raced against his son every year. And, you know, the crazy thing about, and then we went on to wrestle and we wrestled a lot. The crazy thing about it, he was always better than I was, except I always won. He would always, I just couldn't re believe how many times he would do something really stupid and I'd end up winning. I beat him so many times in so many things and I was never better than he was at any of this stuff. And I used to think, what? am I just lucky or what? But, but he was... He had it right. I can remember now, you know, they actually moved to another part of town, you know, as when we were just going into high school, but still a very small town, still wrestling and all the sports. So we did a lot of stuff together. Um, I had the, I opened the right, gym right. At, at the time. I opened the gym just as I was getting out of high school. And I can remember I was frustrated because I didn't think I was getting the gains I should be getting. Now, this guy, Steve Zabo is his name. Um, he was a bodybuilder in the 50s and 60s. And so I went to okay. him and I said, I, will you just spend some time with me and sit down with me and go over my workout and tell me what I'm doing wrong? And I just, ha I just remembered this. Right. He, he already got the X3 concept of overtraining. He put a workout together, yep. and I, I looked at the workout, and he said, here's what you need to start doing. And I looked at that, and I said, well, how many times a day? And he said, what do you mean, how many times a day? And I said, that's a pretty damn short workout. And he said, you should only be doing this about three, maybe four times a week. And I said, there's hardly anything on there. I said, there's only one right. bicep exercise on there. What's with that? Because everybody wants to do curls because you want big biceps because that's yeah. the first thing yep. everybody can see. So I'm like, well, well, well me meanwhile, your triceps make up three quarters, three I know. quarters of your arm. Well, e even then, you know, <laughs> we'd always focus on arms first, right? Skip leg day if you didn't feel good. But yep. man, I'm yep. not ever skipping my arms. So I'm looking at that. I'm like, there's Correct. one bicep workout on here. And he said, all four of the other workouts on that day are heavily working out your bicep already. And I just realized yes. he got it way back then. Yeah, 
the 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 grip books that I I sent you when you broke your hand. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I subscribe to this gentleman's newsletter. Um, it's uh, I'll forward it to you uh, possibly, but he has a lot of old articles and he has a lot of books, and I I pretend, I buy some at times of the old the old bodybuilders. You know, really, I guess prior to the steroid age, yeah. you know, of, of Schwarzenegger and what have you, um, and their workouts and, and their gains all, you know, all one, one exercise when they were in competitions, they did, they did a lot of cutting exercises, but they just did just one big strength exercise. And then one or two, you know, except, you know, like with, with yeah. chest or back, you know, they, they hit it from two or three different angles and that was it. And they did that workout maybe twice a week, and that was it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's how I kind of grew up training. I kind of grew up training where you know you did you, know, you did two two or three chest exercises, two or three back exercises. That was it. You didn't do anything else. Yeah, and and you know what changed? Steroids did change this because the problem with doing more than that is you overtrain. What steroids do is make right. it almost impossible to overtrain. That's what steroids do. They rebuild well, also, the muscle so much faster than your body can do it naturally that you can train that hard. That's why we see these guys today that that look just, I mean, you look at some of these bodybuilders today, it's insane. The other thing they use all that well, time that for. Is, I think growth hormone also. Oh, yeah. But, but it's all the kind of the same thing. We're hacking the body so that the muscle regrows itself faster yes. and we won't overtrain. And then the other thing that they do, and you look at a bodybuilder from 30 years ago and today, um, today the guy looks like the, the diagram for the muscular system. You can see every single muscle yeah. because they work each muscle out from 10 different angles. And, and we never used to do that. Yeah. We used to hit yeah. the and big muscle groups and you didn't see, you know, every striation in your shoulder muscles and all three heads clearly. I mean, we, we just didn't do that kind of detailed workout. And if you're going to do that, you have to be very, very careful of overtraining and steroids are one way not to. Well, that that and also I I remember back when I was training in in the in the eighties and such. They, steroids was a way to maintain your body size when you were cutting up for a competition. Uh, so yeah, I knew you were those, supposed to cycle aspects. them, but that that cycling didn't last long no. either. Pretty soon, people were just on them full time. Well, I remember, I remember training with some professionals and I remember they're off site. They're off when they were completely off. They were still doing Decker and Anavar. Yeah. They yeah, were supposed I'll, to be completely off everything. I, I'll, you know? I'll tell you how, like, how crazy it got at, at our gym, my gym, um, my partner, uh, who was Mr. Teenage Ohio when he was 18, uh, the youngest ever Mr. Ohio when he was 19. I think he did break into the top 10 uh, in the country. Um, he he was still on his parents' health insurance when he did this too. He heard something about um, the rhesus monkey being the strongest animal pound for pound and somehow managed to get rhesus monkey hormones. 
and actually got him paid for by insurance. <laughs> and he's, his parents' oh health insurance got canceled. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. how crazy it was getting you know, back that, then. That was the old, I don't know what they're the doing today. Saying, you know, a 50 pound, a 50 pound, a 40 pound chimp is as strong as a 200 pound man. Right. Right. So bodybuilders started so, trying those hormones know. instead. Oh, I know it, it, it. Yeah. I mean, I had friends who did calf implants, Yeah, all kinds of craziness to try to get, you know, just, I, I'm like, you know, one day you're going to be 50 and 60. You're not going to be doing this stuff, guys. But, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. All right. Hey, the, so the, my, the my calls resting are... heart rate is 61, just so you know. There you go. Good stuff. Call back with some more numbers. I got to get to some more calls. They, they are uh, piling up again. Let's go to Newport. Kevin, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. I called a while ago when you were talking about the whole medical autopsy, all that stuff. We, my we, nursing career, while I was going to nursing school, I worked. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, we've been all over the board today. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was calling about that, but uh, when it comes to autopsies and post, unless it's a criminal, and I can only talk for New York laws, Unless it's criminally related, the family can deny an autopsy. Oh, and that's a good point. during a pandemic where you have a... Right, the family yeah. can say no. And if you have, especially during COVID, you have a, a person that's compromised in so many other ways, which, what, 90% plus are, the, doc is, the doctor sees this, the person died of sepsis. Okay, we're going to put sepsis on the, on the, the death certificate because it fits and we're not going to do a post because we know that he died of all these multiple things. So why are we going to do an autopsy? So I agree with that. And you're right. That's a very good point that a lot of that went on once, you know, yes. we, we even called this a novel coronavirus because it was brand new. We'd never seen anything like it. We used a brand new technology for a vaccine that had never been used before as a vaccine. No long-term testing whatsoever. Which is not a vaccine. Correct. It's, you're right. It's not a vaccine. They even had to change the definition of a vaccine to kind of sort of make it fit, and it still doesn't. But once Correct. those two facts were established, it's a novel virus, very strange. We can't explain it. It's a goofy non-vaccine that isn't really working and we're getting all kinds of weird results at that point whatever laws there were about autopsy should have been thrown right out the window everybody should have been autopsied and we should have known exactly what killed them and if the vaccine had anything to do with it or not but you're you're taking the human and political factor out of it correct and you can't do that in medicine well no we any, have to. any situation we and could it was like we uh, could when, nothing when would HIV stop us from started and it was, no, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, there's no, there's no physical. But during HIV, you know, there was a huge issue. Yeah, well, yeah, and you know, we screwed that one all up too. <laughs> yes, we did badly. Yeah, and we learned nothing. No institutional memory from that. Exactly. So, right. But the problem when you run into that many deaths knowing how the system works, you're not going to want what the physicians want is the body moved from the hospital. And I'm so, sorry, I'm being graphic from the hospital to the funeral home as quickly as possible. Get it out of the hospital. You're right. We don't even you're, want to touch them. You're more. right here. Here's all we would have had to have done though. And we could still do it today. So there's, there's far more going on than this. It, it's not just 
you know, those things that you just mentioned are true factors. But this whole thing has changed the entire world in really bad ways. And all we would have to do is autopsy about 10% of the cases and be honest about the results. And we'd figure this all out pretty quickly. The problem you run into, though, that people are not, it's like HIV. You don't die from AIDS with COVID. You're not dying from COVID. You're dying from something related to COVID that's exacerbating your pre-existing symptoms or the, the cyto- whatever right. your body the, is the, fighting The cytokine it. storm. Yeah, I, I get that. But, and, and more so, I'm more concerned about the deaths from vaccines than I am COVID. COVID, we kind of did start but to figure out you- if you were really old you were going to die from COVID. Many of the people who died from COVID had had already exceeded the average lifespan. That was the number one group. The most people that died had already exceeded the average lifespan. They were probably going to die that year anyway. And they caught COVID and they died. That jacked the numbers way up. And we used that to scare everybody. And then we knew the next biggest group were metabolically very unhealthy. That this isn't some big, scary disease. It just kills people that are really, really old or really, really sick. And unfortunately, most of our population today is really, really sick. Now, what I'm more concerned about are the deaths from the vaccine. That's what really needs to be investigated. And it's not. It's being totally covered up. Absolutely. They don't want to talk about it no, because it, no. there, look what happened. Yeah, there, there's there's some other agenda there. And and we could go down the, you know, the conspiracy theory hole and there may be something to all that. It's just so hard to prove. Or we could just say maybe it's nothing more than a big money grab. Good points. Both. I don't know. I can only only answer my expertise of the autopsies and stuff. Well, those are good know points. The answer to that yeah. you can't. I don't know how you would do do a post, uh, uh, what we call them post mortems, and yeah. find that it, coronavirus killed them. It's like doing a HIV post and finding that HIV killed them. You're not going to find that. You're going to find pneumonia. You're going to find other issues going on. So I'm not sure how they could narrow it down that that much. You you're you're probably right on that. I'm sure you're right on that. Now, when we look at the vaccine and the stories that keep getting posted over and over and over about young, healthy people dying, videos of newscasters dying on the air. Just a week, couple weeks ago, we had a DJ die on the air. Um, right. you, you would have to agree, I would think, with your experience, that when young, healthy people die suddenly it should be pretty easy to find. Absolutely. They, and we, they would do a post. You would try and if the family was adamant against it, you try and convince them kindly, Yeah. but you can't make them do it. But yeah, you look for aneurysms in the brain. That's the first one. If somebody dies young and brain aneurysms, number one, and that stuff you can see very quickly when you uh, do an autopsy and the same with the heart, you look for the major vessels, the coronary arteries, the brain, that's what kills young people. Young people and, don't die of heart attacks. Yeah, and, and other than those two kind of, you know, we could expand on each one, but it, it's primarily going to be the heart or the brain. 
what else kills right. young people that quickly? Nothing that it, I know of was always right. brain aneurysms or brain aneurysms. I never saw really young people have been trauma die of much anything else quickly. Right. So every time I read these articles and it says, you know, no cause of death released, and I'm reading them every single day now, people send them to me now. I don't even have to go look for them anymore. Um, my mind goes to two places. Young, healthy people dying, it's either a vaccine-related or it's opioids. Correct. Right, Ronald, yeah, I forget opioids. The overdoses is certainly way up there. Yeah, well, let's, let's also, because overdoses are way up there, but there's something else we have to stop calling overdoses. There are now poisonings. Absolutely, because I, I discussed this with somebody else. People don't realize that it's not somebody buying a tablet of fentanyl. It's, it's you're taking your friend's Adderall because you exactly. want to study all night to do well on that right. test tomorrow. Your friend bought these pills from Mexico. He doesn't tell you. He says, other oh, Xanax, take one. And yep. before you know it, this kid takes That's not an overdose. And dies. And yeah, that's, that's not an overdose. No, that's correct. That's a poisoning. That's a poisoning. There was a story I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Three Wall Street, I think two were Wall Street traders and one was some other kind of high level position in New York City. Young, I think they're all in their early 30s. They actually all ordered from the same service. You know, you call, you want a little, they wanted cocaine. Common for the the Wall Street traders have been doing cocaine forever. Absolutely. Because it improves their performance. But here's what they don't do. Now, clearly it happens but most of them never become addicts. They use cocaine the way you and I might use coffee. They use it to enhance performance, and they're careful about it. They don't overdo it because then they would lose performance. They're not doing it to get high. They're not doing it recreationally. They use it as a performance-enhancing drug. All three of them died. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. Wow. All three of them died. And were and they vaccinated? Do we know that? No, they didn't even. Nobody ever talks about vaccination status in any of this stuff. No. Um, they got fentanyl. No, they don't. And they, they're, they're, uh, uh, the, the guy that delivered it is toast. They even have text messages. They, he heard the first person died. He panicked thinking it, it was him and, and probably knowing it was the drugs he just delivered. And he was trying to send the other two text messages like, hey, you know, somebody told me this is a pretty hot dose. You should probably go easy on it. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. And then two more of them died. Oh, not That's good. a poisoning. And that's, that's not an overdose. All too common. Absolutely. Yeah. Too common. And you're right. And my binocular is, you know, still 10 years old so yes yeah well i i say that because just the opioid crisis itself was looked at wrong by most people we we have been through the you know we went through kind of the heroin way back in the 60s when it was a problem Mm -hmm. then cocaine did become a problem then crack became a horrible epidemic then meth became and we, we looked at those people like they were true drug addicts. You started taking this drug Correct. for a recreational purpose, and it got out of control, and that's how you ended up an addict, and we don't have a lot of sympathy for them. 
and we probably shouldn't. Right? We, you know, they, they, they made a lot of choices that led them to that. The problem with the opioid crisis sure. is over 80% of the heroin addicts were given a legal prescription for opioids for their own doctor from their own doctor and not warned about how addictive it was. That's totally different to me. Is it 80%? It's, it's over 80%. High. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and then we know the whole Purdue Pharma right, I story. Get, I unfortunately have to, All right. I have to get back out in the field. There you go. I've hold too long. But right. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> thank you. Good stuff. Bye. All right. Let's go to New Mexico. Eric, it's uh gluconeogenesis yeah <laughs> i was gonna say, i i didn't i didn't tell morgan that's what i was calling for because i didn't want to ruin it before you actually picked up but yeah all, all, um, all morgan wrote was it said high protein and for some reason as soon as that's I saw, all i told her as soon as i saw your name the word just popped right into my head and i said i bet that's what he's calling about but what I wanted to say about it was, although God, listening to the last hour and a half while I've been on hold, I've got so many other things I want to talk about too, but no. Um, people with, with this whole high, you, you can eat too much protein bullshit. What people have totally missed, and even a lot of the influencers, I've even heard a couple of doctors that I believe have this wrong. I'm going to compare gluconeogenesis to insulin production. Because insulin is a supply-driven function. The more carbohydrates you eat, the higher density of carbohydrates, like you know, bread and pasta and whatnot, the more insulin your body produces, more and more and more, until you can't produce any more, and then you, know, you get hypoglycemia and type 2 diabetes. Gluconeogenesis, on the other hand, is a demand-driven function. So the fewer carbs you eat, you know, your body only needs like five grams of carbs in your entire blood system. And it's mostly so if you for get our down brain. To four, your body's like, you need some. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so then your, then your liver goes and finds something to make into glucose. And honestly, I'm from everything I've read over the last decade, I'm pretty sure it's fat that it starts with. But everybody's it so is. paranoid about protein. It is. Oh, my God. Oh, no, no, if you wait. fast for 10 minutes, you're going to start eating up your muscles, you know? And it's like, God damn it. Well, you know, I, I, I repeated this lie. I, a lot of us did in the beginning. Um, we caught on fairly quickly, though. When I say fairly quickly, probably two years. I mean, I bet I said that for two oh, years no, yeah. in the beginning. That, you know, we have and to be I, careful with protein. I do remember and, that you, you would say that, too. Oh, but yeah. Back then, I didn't understand it either. And well, I believed what you were saying back I, then I, when it came to that. I believed but. it because I kept repeating it. And then we started thinking, wait a minute. We have people eating an awful lot of protein, and they're still losing weight just fine. And they're getting into ketosis. And I, right. something's wrong with what we've been saying. So we stopped saying it. The way you just described oh. it, I think, is excellent. That's a, that's a really good way of looking at it. That explains the whole thing here. We were under the assumption yeah, that it would turn all excess protein into sugar, when in reality, it oh. only makes I the forget. little bit that it needs. I, I forget who I heard this. I mean, I listen to so many damn podcasts. 
one of the doctors has said that if, when you have excess protein, for one thing, it's not, you cannot use protein as energy. You know, that's oh, why when people get yes. on the rabbit starvation diet, oh, you know, well, they start falling apart. You yes. have to have either fat or carbohydrates, but just give me a sec. Yeah. Uh, but the protein, if you have excess protein that your body doesn't need for building blocks, then it starts raising your body temperature to help <laughs> thermogenically burn it off. You'll actually see that your body temperature will increase. You'll feel feverish when that, you've had too much protein. That that could be. So. That that that. So th- there's this. I think it's a Nutrisystem commercial. Yeah, it's Nutrisystem. And on this line just mm-hmm. makes me crazy every time I see, hear it. I'm like screaming at the television. Um, the woman's there, and she's like. They're talking about their new high-protein meals now because protein's the big thing now. Got to have protein. So they're talking about their new deluxe high-protein meals. And she says, yeah, and all that extra protein gives me so much energy. And I'm like, you freaking idiot. It doesn't give you any energy. (laughs) Sheesh. The other one, the other one a lot of people are still right now saying about protein is that it's so satiating. No, it's, no, it's fucking uh, not. What's well, not There's for me? Satiating about protein. I, I, I've, <laughs> you can read that everywhere, and I have always said, "Well, maybe know, on the oddball," <laughs> because I can sit down and yeah. eat meat until I can't possibly eat another bite, and in fifteen minutes, I'm right. still craving something, but I don't know what. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. That, uh, uh, the only time, and people also confuse the word protein with the word meat. Well, yes, right. Meat right. is protein and fat. Correct. But it's like, you know, I'm having my protein today or whatever that means. Well, what about but, the fat? Um, <laughs> if you sit down and eat, if you eat a ribeye steak, you know, and back home, when, when I'm at home, I get untrimmed ribeyes from yes. my grocery store. So they're like a Un- pound and a half and at least a quarter of them is fat. Right. You know? Now. And. One of those is very satiating to me. (laughs) But here's the thing. I could take... A steak that's mostly meat is not. Well, here's the thing. I could take that ribeye you just described, trim it all the way they would in the store, and make two meals out of it. I'm going to eat the meat, and I promise you in 15 minutes, I'm not satisfied. I might be full... But I'm right. not satisfied, and I'm still feeling like I want something else to eat. If I eat the fat that came off that steak mm-hmm. alone, and it's only a quarter of the amount, that is like an off switch for my appetite. Yeah. Gone. I don't even want to think about food okay. after I've eaten that much fat. And actually, for a while, I've been eating some meals raw because just in the truck I'm in, I just there's no way for me to cook. The inverter sucks, and I'm a company driver. But um, I learned that I don't want to bring those untrimmed ribeyes with me because I can't eat them. Uh, it's too much uncooked fat. <laughs> right. And when I start to right. try to cram that fat in, <laughs> I start to want to, I get sick. I, know. I get nauseous. Yeah. I, it, it, if, if I want to have plenty of energy throughout the day and eat almost nothing, all I have to do is have two NDK coffees in the morning. I, I will eat um, mm. very, very little the rest of the day, but I'll have tons of energy and I'll feel great. But it, it's pure fat. That's like a, the way I make mine. It's like a thousand calories of fat before noon. Yeah. 
I don't measure the stuff out when I make it, but, but when I'm putting in my butter, I'm just taking a regular spoon like you'd, you know, used to eat cereal with. And I just kind of, you know, scoop that up, but it's probably like two tablespoons worth. And that's what I put in. I I always do get my butter off of sticks. Well, actually, they're like the double stick size. Um, So I I know exactly. Yeah, I know exactly the size of chunk that's basically two tablespoons. So I'm pretty accurate every day. And on my brain octane. Because it's a liquid and it, it's really hard if you don't measure it, you'll be all over the board. I measure out two tablespoons of the brain octane. So four four yeah. tablespoons of pure fat times two. Eight tablespoons of pure fat is a lot of calories. Sure. Well, and I haven't used brain octane in a while. I just you know, I don't keep I don't keep ordering it but so I run out but when I do have it, I have a little uh, graduated um, shot glass. There you, you know? go. So I just fill one of those shot glasses and put that in. And there that's, you go. You know, that's all I measure. Sometimes I just open the brain octane, dump, I, you know, go, 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 you I, know. But every I now don't and know then, how much I'm getting. Done. Every now and then, if my my one measuring spoon that I keep right there by the coffee ends up in the dishwasher, sometimes I'll pour it straight in. But it's pretty hard to get it accurate. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Now let me try to blow through a one or two other things that I was all right thinking about. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to disagree with you on the that people aren't stupid; they're just ignorant. You know, I think in general people are stupid. Terry <laughs> <laughs> Goodkind wrote a book, I, Wizard's First Rule, and it was people are stupid. Oh, man, um, I, I but you case know in I'm, point though, I'm an optimist. Here, here's my case in and, point though. Oh, I know you are. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, case in point, uh, Pennsylvania. Not only did they elect a stroke victim, what, what was that, governor or senator? Senator, right? He he was but he he is one of their, currently the lieutenant governor, and which shocked me the first time okay. I saw him. He just became. A I'm like, who's this guy running for senate? And, and then I found out he was lieutenant governor, and I'm like, there's no way. But he is, and now he is a senator. Yeah. Now, and this isn't what I was going to say, but as an aside, that guy, that's like Fetterman or something, right? Fetterman, yeah. Um, Dr. Doctor Baker says that Fetterman is actually following him on Twitter or Instagram or something. So he's reached out to him, and hopefully Fetterman is working on or starting the carnivore diet. So maybe some of his brain issues will, you know, calm uh, down, you know. I, I hope, I hope there, it there, there works. was nothing factual in there. Yeah, I hope it works, and I hope he yeah. does follow him because he'll learn, and if he actually does what he says, I'm, I bet his, his health will improve. Um, I've just never sure. seen the carnivore diet or well, any other diet damaged. take somebody from being stupid to, you know, being smart. <laughs> now, so... <laughs> I just use the well, word stupid, but there are, there are a lot of ex-vegans, though. So well, that's you know. true. Here, here's my take on this: that <laughs> at, as human beings, we're not born stupid. We all have incredible brains. I think what's happened is our yeah. our government indoctrination centers that we call schools and our media mm-hmm. has dumbed everybody down so much that now they they appear to be stupid. 
Oh, yeah. Well, my other point with Philip of Pennsylvania was they also elected a dead guy. I heard that. Was that real? I kept seeing those headlines. Did they really? Um, I, I heard it. I heard it on the Chicks on the Right podcast. Now, I haven't been listening to them a lot lately because I just don't give a shit about politics anymore. Yeah, pretty well but, dropped um, out. Because all I see is all I see is chaos. Chaos is winning. Yeah. But um but yeah, they said it that that one of the people I think he was running for a state seat, you know, like still, a state senator or something. Still, but he died a month before the election and yeah. they still elected him. So they still he still won. Well part I'm of like the- who are they gonna put in in this place? His wife? Part of the problem with with some of these states is they're opening voting way, way too early, and I think Pennsylvania is one of them. I think Pennsylvania opens their early voting months ahead of time. Um, So, uh, yeah, I don't know if that was true or not. I I never bothered to go verify that. I did read it in a couple places, but uh, I'm kind of done with politics for a while. I know. It's like, I love the pit, but... The I can't problem we have is all we can do is talk about the shit that's going wrong, and we have no solutions whatsoever. None. And, and, and like I just said of the media, I, I think the media has become its own echo chamber where they all just convince each other that they're always right. And I was oh. afraid that's what was happening with the pit. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, but on the other side, I mean, it's nice. What, what was nice? What's nice about an echo chamber on our side of things is knowing that there are other people on our side of things. Well, that's true. You know, because if Since, all you do right. is follow so the media, you, you start but, thinking you're out here yeah. on a fucking island with yeah. the tide coming in. Yeah, well, I guess. <laughs> I guess at this point, I've had enough of it. You know, I've had enough of my ideas yeah. and my thoughts, you know, bolstered and agreed with that. And you're right. I don't have any solutions. <laughs> and I'm tired of talking about problems that I can't even come up with a single idea on how to solve them. Or I actually can come up with ideas. I, I have two. If we wanted to improve the, the quality of our politicians, I have two ideas. The problem with both of them, they have to be voted in by politicians and they're never going to do that. I think if we did two things, we would revolution and the fair tax program. There you go. I didn't even have to say it. You knew exactly (laughs) what I was talking about. (laughs) Hey, we've been talking about those for years now. Yeah, and that would that would (laughs) Um, look. I can't predict exactly what would happen, but I absolutely believe a lot of things would get a lot better. Oh, I I agree, but I also I understand that this country was formed with a one page document and now our legal system it, or, you know, the, the, the book of laws, you know, the congressional laws is what, I don't know, tens yeah. of thousands of pages long. It's like, they, nobody even knows what the hell laws are on the book. Do you, do, you, you do, know? You, do you know one of the laws we just had to vote to take off of the books here in Oregon? What's that? It, <laughs> We actually had to vote on a law. We still we still had a law in the books in Oregon that if you were charged with something criminally, that slavery could have been one of the punishments. Well, hmm. that we, would be interesting. We just had to vote. We just <laughs> hey. had to vote to get that hey. off the books. Yeah, that's how. 
So frankly, I'm just I'm just glad that you can't be placed into indentured servitude for non-payment of taxes anymore. Yeah, so, well, but, yeah. <laughs> so you know, here's here's the thing. There's one. In, um, there's one I heard about years ago in Florida where it's not legal to put roller skates on a zebra. So, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, somebody actually. Yeah, um, you know, without oh, getting too quick, crazy about that whole thing. Um, oh, God, God yeah. only had ten rules, and they work pretty well. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I'm honestly, I'm not even a religious person, and yet I'd be okay with that. Yeah, you know, that, it's, <laughs> they're they're pretty basic, they're pretty straightforward, and they're pretty hard to argue against. I just wish one of them was, "Thou shalt not be a dumbass." Um, but yeah, yeah. See, the problem with that one that is would, that, then some human that would take being a lot of truck drivers off the road. Though. Well, no. Here's the biggest problem with it. Some human we have to, being. We have to determine who's a dumbass. Exactly. <laughs> that's the biggest fault with rules like that. Because uh, that, that's really what social media did. They decided who was spouting misinformation and who wasn't. And yet, you know, when it comes to the laws of man, you know, Thou shalt not steal doesn't even hold up. Thou shalt not kill doesn't even hold up. You know, know, we could also go back to just stuff we, like, learned by the time we went to kindergarten. We had rhymes. Remember? You know which one I'd love to bring back? Sticks and stones. Remember that one? Stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Never. Yeah. Words are not weapons. Words are not violence, the way the left wants to call them now. That that's violent speech. No, it's not. Oh, oh my, one of my favorites. There's sounds favorites coming out of my microaggression. Mouth. Yeah, microaggression. They're, they're they're not. It's not microaggression. You know, violence. It's a sound coming out of everything my mouth. Everything being racist, like. Peanut butter and jelly is a racist term. Oh, know? well, I saw something this oh, morning just, that, that masks masks <laughs> actually help stem racism somehow. I don't know how they tied those two together. Uh, well, well, I don't know. All right. I've um, got journalists, though, when you say that the journalists are all kind of, oh, I was going to say that they're, they're, all journalists, though, go to college. The colleges are training the journalists in how they think and how they're supposed to do their job. That's why we don't get any good journalists because they all have to make it through our shitty university system. Yeah, that that's a good Done. point. And that's, and okay. honestly, if if you think like a rational human being, you wouldn't be able to make it through that system. All right, we're going to take one more call. Um, Morgan, if any more come in, just let them know we are wrapping this up. It's eleven o'clock. Uh, we're going to go to South Dakota. David, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Well, you said you wanted to talk to a Democrat. I vote Democrat. I can't say that I agree with them all the time, but I lean a little more that way than the Republicans. So let me, how old are you? Excuse me? How old are you? How cold am I? Old. Age. What's your age? Old? I'm 55. Okay. So, and I would assume that most of your life you've probably voted Democrat. We most of us tend not to change. Is that is that correct? Yeah. So I I was really I was really late to even get started voting. Um, 
you know, the first presidential election I voted in was for um, Bush the second. Okay. And I voted um, for him twice. I voted did, for him twice. <laughs> see, I didn't. <laughs> I did. I didn't. I thought he was a horrible president. I really did. Um, I did too. I yeah, did too. I, I, I didn't but it, vote but for him. I thought he was the better of the choices. Yeah. So you are probably more independent then. I mean, I know you label yourself as a Democrat, I, mostly vote Democrat, but no, you're willing to cross lines even in a presidential election when you think that's the better candidate. Right. And, and I would, I would label myself as independent. Um, to vote with in leaning democratic in South Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. To vote in the primaries in South Dakota, you've got to either be Republican or Democrat. Most um, primaries. It basically same way here in Oregon. I, I, if there's no libertarian candidate, sometimes I don't vote in the primaries at all. Um, I, I would consider myself libertarian with, you know, I tend to, vote more Republican just because there aren't enough libertarians to vote for and they never have a chance anyway. So my question to you would be on the things you're seeing with this administration specifically, let's skip everything that's gone on from when you voted for a Republican as a president up until this administration took office. Tell me what you think about this administration overall. It's not as chaotic as Trump, but I can't say that I agree with probably at least half of his agenda. So I agree with the chaos that Trump created. I, I thought it was awful. That's why I said, and I've, I've, I've said it from day one, but before he even got elected, I said it. He's going to be a horribly polarizing figure. I, I don't like him as a human being. I don't like his his attitude or uh, I can appreciate that he gets things done, but I know a lot of people that get things done and they don't have to be jerks about it. Um, And I knew as a president, and, and I didn't know how bad it was going to be. But when I started watching his events and he made it a point throughout the entire event to point at the press at the back of the room and, and just continue to point out how bad they were over and over and over. That's just, that's just dumb. I mean, he was his own worst enemy. I, I really believed in his policies, and I think they made pretty big improvements for how short of a period of time he was in, but I, I did not vote for him the first or second time. And I wouldn't vote for him now, and I don't want to see him become president again. Um, we have enough good. Oh, God, that'd be, that would be terrible. Uh, and it might happen. I don't know. Um, although the path he's going down now doesn't seem like he's, you know, gaining much with, I, I don't even know what he's thinking now. Uh, sometimes I think he just does this he's, because he's, that's who he is and he can't help himself. He's just got to be in the spotlight all the time. So you're right. It doesn't matter the, the, what he says. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think he believes what he says most of the time. He's just got to be in the spotlight. Probably, probably. So I agree. Not not as chaotic. Um, would you also say this as a as a Democrat that the media now is horribly biased? I I think the media is horribly biased. Before Trump, after Trump, now. No, I don't even mean whenever. Trump. Forget the Trump. Media. Forget Trump. I mean, 
when you look at the way stories are written and and the fact that they're they're actually in my opinion many of them are now used to influence the way people think instead of just reporting the news and they're influenced heavily in one direction and i believe that is a big part of our problem in this country period i think it's been that way forever how many the so media I, is trying to drive so you sound like a really reasonable person to me, and I know I can go off the deep end on some of this, so I'm trying. You know, I've even said, look, if you call, I'm not going <laughs> to debate you. I don't want to argue with you. I just want to hear from people so I can start to understand. And I would have to believe that you have more acquaintances that are Democratic than I do. So what are they saying? I mean, do they talk about this with the media and even social media, how all of the censoring on, on social media was really only directed at one group. I cannot say anything about social media, Kevin. I'm not on any okay. social media. Okay. Never have been. That's fair. Never will be. That, that's I, I fair. Find, I find that a huge, huge waste of time, I think. Um, like being back in high school, it looks like, you know, everybody just bickering with each other. There, there's a lot of that going on. I'm an information junkie, uh, because of what I do. So it has been such a powerful tool for me, but there are times where I've got to try to moderate my own usage because I find that I'm wasting time on there. So I've got to balance it out. It can be a powerful tool. It can all, I, and I, I would also say this, if I could, if I had this power, I would make it all disappear because I don't think we're ever going to improve anything as long as it's there. I, I you know, I'll go back to using an encyclopedia and going to the library and looking up, you know, old news art, whatever I have to do to get my information. I'll, I'll do it. If I could make social media disappear, I would do it. I think it's horrible for our society. I, I agree with you hundred um, percent. Back to your other question about, people that I talk with, you know, living in South Dakota, this is a very, very red state. <laughs> I was really blown away watching the returns come in the other night. Um, you know, all of the elections, you know, whether it's county commissioner, governor, whatever, was at least 70% Republican yeah. compared to 30% Democrat. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, so I, I, I live in the opposite place. I don't have place. a lot of chance to... I don't have a lot of chance to talk to people that so, think so, more like. So you're I in the think, same boat I am. You know, I'm stuck. Yeah. You know, I feel like my vote doesn't count at all. Yeah. Uh, but I, and, we got to go, go vote. And just to keep the peace, because I live in such a small town, I just will not discuss politics with people in town. I just avoid it completely. There's no point in it. I, I am so outnumbered here. Um, and we're talking extreme, you know, probably like, you know, South Dakota be, can, can become extremely conservative. Um, here, we're talking about the wackiest of the far left. Right. Right. You know, I, I believe that 60 to 70 percent of the country is in that middle group. And we've got, you know, 10 or 20 percent on the left, 10 or 20 percent on the right. That are driving everything. Yeah, seems to be. We've got to get rid of those. We've got to get rid of. We've got to get rid of those people. Those are the ones that are mucking up the whole works for everybody. 
You know, I, I think the reason, I, I agree with you on that. I think the reason we're struggling so much or we just can't do it at all is it seems like those extreme people are either really wealthy or they're politicians. Exactly. And they just you know, exert. And if they're extremely uh, wealthy, then they're going to go become a politician. Or, or we we now saw with the rise of social media that you know, well, Jeff Bezos just bought a newspaper. Not just he he bought a newspaper. Right. Why? Why does the owner of Amazon Did need he a newspaper? Already have two newspapers? Hey, probably. They, that's what he already owns. Yeah, so they either, if they're rich enough, they either become politicians or they go buy media or they own media companies that influence more people than the mainstream media ever does. Twitter, Twitter informs far more people than any newspaper on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know how you're supposed to determine what's true and what's not. You can't. On those that you can't. Like that, that that's not how free speech works. Doesn't matter if it's true or not. That's not even the point. Free speech is free speech. I'm allowed to say it whether it's completely wrong or not. No matter what. I, I don't I don't care if yeah, all right. of my information about the vaccine is completely made up in my own head. So what? I'm allowed to say it. That's how free speech works. That's yeah, what that that's seems right. to be what we've forgotten. And here's what really makes me crazy. The First Amendment free speech, that was the Democrats' stronghold forever. What happened? That wasn't a Republican thing. The Republicans mostly ignored that one. We just assumed that we had free speech. We didn't think about it much. And we knew the Democrats were fighting for it. We don't need to. We were big on the Second Amendment. But what happened to the First Amendment and the Democrats? They're all idiots. Uh, all, of our, all of our politicians are just idiots as far as I'm concerned. They're all bought and paid for before they ever get there. That seems to be the way. And, and that's why. I don't know how you ever fix any of it. Well, term limits and the fair tax would go a long way. The fair tax because, and people, people don't realize this, the government uses the tax code for its own ends. It uses it to try to control our behavior. It, lobbyists use it to, to, you know, get politicians in their pocket with tax laws. So if we enact the fair tax and all those goofy loopholes go away, the lobbyists have nothing left as far on that front. And term limits would stop this lifetime appointment and people running our country that, you couldn't run a lemonade stand if they had to. Right. But well, both of those things the- require the politicians to vote them in, so it's never going to happen. Right. My senator from South Dakota, John Thune, when he ran the first time, said he wanted to impose term limits. Well, he just got reelected for his third term now. <laughs> And never another word about term limits. Never. Oh, until man. somebody else starts talking about it, it's in the rearview mirror. That's the hypocrisy of it is all well, here, blows me away. Absolutely. And here's what they'll say. If you confront them on this, they'll say, 
that's what I'm working for. You have to leave me in Washington long enough so I can get this done. Yeah, 12 years isn't enough? No, obviously not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't like a lot of the Republican social issues. Oh, I don't either. Just like you that's, why I'm a li- that, that's why I'm a libertarian. 30, right. You know, the 37 different pronouns and all of that. Um, the way they, uh, the way Mitch McConnell stacked the Supreme Court, where it is way right leaning now. So, so I, I, would, I, would, to what? I, I would push back with you on one thing. I don't like the word. Because stacked has been, that has a very clear definition. Stacked has always been used to add more people to the court. That's how that term gets used. And that's what the left's been trying to do. What term would you use? Uh, Well, they they appointed conservatives legally using our system without changing the system at all. They didn't try to get rid of the filibuster to do it. They didn't change the makeup of the Supreme Court by stacking it with more people because that would be never ending. Whatever party gets in is just going to keep adding people to the Supreme Court. You can't do that. So unfortunately, I, I for agree, they, I they, agree with you. they did use some laws that were there. They didn't change any. They maybe played some political games with that last appointment you know, that um, Obama might have been able to get in, but they used the rules that already existed and blocked him from doing that. And they were able to. And yes, they were able to to put a lot of conservatives on the Supreme Court, and that's going to affect things for a long time. But this is where I will point out a difference between the two parties. The Democrats want to eliminate the filibuster so they can accomplish this. They want to make Puerto Rico a state so they can accomplish it. They want to make D.C. a state so they can accomplish it. And they want to change the makeup of the Supreme Court. That, to me, is pretty different. I agree with most of what you're saying there. You know, and stacked is probably not the right term. I just don't like the way they did it. I would be. They held up. Yeah, they did. They, they, they held up Obama's last appointment so he couldn't get one in. Uh, but again, they rammed in and they, but they, but they rammed in Amy Coney Barrett in what less would, than two months. But, but, but there's right nothing in the, the but, but again, that was, but hold on. I know, I know, there's, I know. It's just, I, I am, it's here's how I like to live. Tell me what the rules are so I can play the game right. Don't keep changing the rules or breaking them to get your way. And they broke no rules. The Republicans did not break a single rule. They didn't change a single rule. They just took the opportunity they had and appointed the people they wanted. Had the Democrats managed to do the same thing using all the rules, I would have been just as pissed off about it. But I wouldn't have had any real complaint. But the way they, they are now trying to change things, I have huge complaints about. You can't change the rules now because you lost the game. Right. And I, keep, I, everybody's got to play by the same rules. I, exactly. The, the Republicans right. are better at playing dirty. That's the, that's the bottom line. But, Republicans but, but, are better that, at it, and they're, and they're more happy to do it. 
Yeah, see, we would disagree there, too, because to me, if you follow the rules, what's dirty? <laughs> if you break a rule, that's dirty. But if, if, if there are no laws or rules broken, and come on, when we're talking about politicians, none of us have any idea what goes on in the background. So I, I won't even talk about stuff like that because it happens in both parties. Lots of rules are probably broken every single day. We just don't know it. The obvious stuff, though, yeah, I agree when it came to the Supreme Court, they, they didn't break any obvious rules. So, I, like I said, if, if the Supreme Court were that far left right now, I'd be just as unhappy. Um, I, I, I'm not a conservative. I, I'm just not. I, I don't like all the rules conservatives try to put on our everyday lives. I, the, the, the thing that bothers me the most about the Supreme Court is because it's leaning so far right, so conservative, I am just afraid of what they are going to do to this country. Well, we'll wait. why don't we just, wait until they like do with it? with overturning Roe. Well, Roe should have been That's overturned. Right. It should go to the states. That's a state's right issue. There's nothing in the Constitution that legalizes killing babies. There just isn't. And I know I say that, and I'm, that's inflammatory when I say it, but I say it for a reason. This isn't the, the big issue that everybody makes it out to be. We should stop and think about what this issue really means. We shouldn't be promoting this. And I'm not saying they should be outlawed and, and completely illegal, but we should not be promoting it the way we do. I think it's kind of sick that we've focused so much on this issue if we all understand what it really is. But that's, you know, again, there are a lot of things on the social side I completely disagree with the Democrats on. But this Supreme Court saying this is not a constitutional issue is completely correct. It's a state issue. And that's why I love our system. If you don't like something your state did, you can always move. (laughs) <laughs> that's true that's true i just uh i don't know it just it's just irritating i guess well well i mean look at what's happened now we have states that have very very liberal abortion laws right up till the time of birth and we have other states that may outlaw it completely and i think that's the way it should be and it, I'm in it one should of those be states. when when it's a federal issue did you get to vote on it no There's never been a vote on abortion. You could vote for candidates, but that didn't guarantee anything. Now that it's back to where it belongs at the state level, you will get to vote on it now. And if you say, well, my vote doesn't count in this state, just like mine doesn't in Oregon, we've got the two extremes. I could always move. I have in the past. You don't want to. No, if, if, if politics bothered me enough, I would move. It just doesn't bother me at that. I love Oregon. I'm not leaving here. I love it here. I'll deal with the politics. Right. Right. I well, you know, uh, we're way closer on we're, we're way closer on most of this stuff than we are apart. Absolutely, you know, I know we are. That's know, the crazy and I, thing. And I think that's I, I think that's where most of the country is. I know. It's just these extreme it, the the two extremes on both ends. And, they just and absolutely drive me nuts and. How do you fix that? Uh, you, you, well, I don't know, but something else you brought up made it worse, and that's social media. We can't even talk to each other anymore. And here's oh, why. So many, people, so many people spend so much time on social media where 
the minute somebody disagrees with you, you don't know who they are. They're not even a human being to you. It's just words on a page. You start calling them a jackass and a baby killer and and on and on and on. That kind of shuts down discussion. And people get so used to that, they would never say those things to somebody in person. But it, it, it right. we spend There's no accountability. Right, we spend so much time on social media now that we can't talk to each other in person. I mean, I think the conversation yeah. you and I just had was very productive. I hope so. It, it, that's it, that's almost unheard of anymore. I've been asking for somebody like you to call me for about two years on a very regular basis, and I've even said. I will try my hardest not to argue with you or to debate an issue with you. Let's just talk about, you know, our point of view without attacking the other person's point of view. And I think both of us just did a good job of that. You stated things you believed. I stated things I believed. Neither one of us attacked the other's beliefs. There's no point in any of that. Right. Nobody gains from that. I wish that's what people would learn and understand. You know, we've got to work together to make this whole thing work. Yeah, it, 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 I have to work at it. I mean, I, I, if people have heard me on this show, you know, not so much in politics, because very few people will even call and disagree with me on politics. But over the past, when somebody called to disagree with me on, you know, fuel mileage or taxes or health, I, I can get pretty riled up. And, you know, I, I really, I don't think I've ever attacked anybody personally, though. I've never said you're an idiot because you think that. I've said you're absolutely wrong and I can prove it and I I can get pretty contentious. And I need to learn to back down from that because of the world we live in today. That that just does not go over well anymore. No, it doesn't. You know, I've I've been listening to you forever. I mean, when you started with Dave Nemo, uh, all through your XM days and now on this. uh, Well, thank you. I wouldn't be in business. I wouldn't be in business if it wasn't for you. You've saved my butt numerous times. (laughs) Thanks. Because I'm not a really smart person, evidently. But you know, we're still out here doing it. You know, I just people need to stop and think about it, realize it. You know, try to get along, work together. Yeah. I don't. uh, I don't. I don't understand why our politicians cannot work with the other side of the aisle. They're both just so power-hungry. That's it. It, You just answered your own question. Yeah, that's why. There's got to be a better answer, though, Kevin. Well, you know what? If we could have more discussions like this, we might come up with a solution. I I don't have any idea what it is, but I know we we keep moving further and further away from any kind of solutions and somehow we need to get back to just being able to talk to each other um, without attacking each other personally. Yeah. But I don't know how to do that either. Well, I've been so gonna... I guess I'm all out of ideas. Yeah. Well, I've been, you know, especially since you've been on this format, I've been wanting to get in and talk to you, well, thank you, know, you. on this subject. Thank you. Because you've it... been asking for it. Just the timing has never been right. But yeah. Here we are this morning just having a good time going across South Dakota. There you go. And I hope, I hope there are a lot more people like you. I hope they're out there. On both sides. On yeah, both exactly. Sides. 
Yeah, exactly. On any side. I just I just hope there we can find the reasonable people and reasonable heads will prevail, I hope. But I I I, I, you know, as optimistic as I am about most things, I, I am starting to become very pessimistic about this and I don't like it. Well, I, I actually feel a little more optimistic since the midterms. Um, if we would have had all the election deniers put into office like they were running for, I think we would have been <laughs> oh, really boy. headed down the road. Oh, you, are, you are really testing me right now. You mean... You mean that the, the, the Democrats like Nancy Pelosi and, and they've never denied an election? Hillary fought that, she, that Trump was an but illegitimate they, president forever. But they never pushed it to the limit like Trump did. What limit? You know, 60 lawsuits. 60 lawsuits. He's never said that he actually lost the election in public. So he still just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. Who cares? It's Trump. I, Who cares? Well, Ignore him. But the Democrats have done I the same thing. Hillary to this day denies that he's a legitimate president. Stacey Abrams absolutely said that election, the last one, not this one, the last one was stolen from her. That That's election denying. Uh, they both do it. Horribly, they both do it. So let me let me ask you one thing. Did you follow the Pennsylvania Senate race? I did. And you're okay that that guy got elected? And I don't think Oz was a great candidate either. But I I am shocked, not only that that guy elected, but they're talking about him for president. Oh, no way for president. Uh, You're okay with him being a senator? I'm okay with him being a senator. If they want to put Herschel Walker up, no, I wouldn't vote for Herschel Walker either. Better. Well, that's, you know, I mean, we're comparing apples and oranges, I think. At least Betterman knows what, what the government is no, he doesn't. to do. No, he he's doesn't. Been in gover- no, he, well, that, he's been in government all did, of his life. Have you seen his record? He doesn't have a clue what no, government should be doing. He destroys almost every office he's been in. Just because he's been in office yeah, a long time doesn't mean he knows how to do it. Look at, go look up the city of Braddock, well, Pennsylvania. I've heard some of the stories about it. They're true. Um, Braddock's right outside of Pittsburgh. I'm familiar it, with it. I grew up in that, air, that part yeah, of the that's country. Your old home ground. Yeah, I grew up yep. in that part of the country. Yeah, that's he your just old about destroyed that city. And, and forget all that. Forget his politics. Did you watch the debate? No, I didn't watch the debate. So let me let me try to. You should go look up this video if you haven't seen it. Um, let me try I've to. Heard the, I've heard the stories about him. Yeah. So you heard about fracking? Did did you you got to watch that clip? The guy is severely mentally handicapped at the moment. Forget his politics. That's not what I'm talking. I don't like his politics. I never have. I don't think he's a very good politician at all. I think he's horrible. But. He is severely mentally handicapped right now because of that stroke. Maybe he'll recover from it. And if he does, then maybe, well, it's too late now. He's a senator. The guy can't understand and speak well, anymore. He can't. That's been I've, proven. I've seen him on TV quite a bit. I've seen him on TV, and he's, 
definitely impaired. On the lower end of the he, he's impaired. There. Yeah. yeah, he's very impaired. So I'm not, you know, criticizing him for having a stroke. I'm saying that most jobs in in the country today would not hire him because of that stroke. And yet the the voters made him a senator. Something is really, really broken in our system. You know, I think it comes down to it's the people feel like it's the lesser of two evils. You know, uh, unfortunately, I think that's how we we vote anymore is the lesser of two evils instead of the better of the two candidates. So what did they you know, really I, believe uh, that the, as much as I don't really I, I wouldn't have voted for Oz if I were in, the, you know, if I would have had a libertarian, I would have just thrown my vote away in that race. But what did they think that right. Oz could do that would be that bad compared to somebody who's who's kind of brain damaged? That I, I don't, don't consider I'm that the lesser of two voter. evils, no matter what your political beliefs are. I think you'd have to look at that and go, the lesser of two evils is a human being who can understand and comprehend English. <laughs> well, maybe that's right. That's what worries me. I don't know. That's what worries me. I'm not saying that, that you know, Dr. Oz was a great candidate either. I Honestly, I didn't know enough about him. I, I Neither one of them seemed very impressive to me. Neither one of them had any answers for anything. So to me, the lesser of two evils was pretty clear. I mean, Dr. Oz is working on heart patients. You know, he's doing heart surgery. I don't know what he does anymore. Um, but he was obviously a pretty accomplished man. Fairly intelligent, obviously. And he's not impaired by a stroke. Right. So I, I think right. no matter what your political beliefs are, you'd have to pick him as the lesser of two evils. Unless you're just voting. Right. The, that's the two the, that's that's what we're you know, doing. And, and that's, that, that's, and that's what, where we're at. Well, that's, that's where we're that, at. I, that's what kind of triggered me. Don't you love that word? That's what kind of triggered me on your statement that you're more <laughs> optimistic after the midterms. I'm horribly pessimistic because all I saw was people voting their ticket no matter what, no matter how bad the candidate was. Herschel Walker's another example, just voting the ticket. That's what makes me so pessimistic. We'll never change anything if we keep doing that. Well... I don't know, Kevin. I know. We'll have to talk about it again in a couple of years and see where we're at. There you go. Maybe even make it a couple months. It was a good conversation. Yeah. Um, You got time for just a quick question about an oil sample? Sure. Since Uh, I argued with you for a half hour, it's the least I can do. (laughs) (laughs) Several, several oil changes back. I've got the OPS on. Always have that on on this truck. I lost an oil cooler. Just had oil show up in my antifreeze. Okay. So I, I limped the truck home. I changed the oil cooler. Um, copper spikes. No big deal. You would expect it, I guess. Right. But I didn't pay attention at the same time that the copper was spiking. My lead was spiking also. Now, they both come back down to reasonable levels. I think the copper is basically at zero again, and the lead's at like 11. But would you Ooh. expect to see something how like ma- that? How many miles are on the engine? Oh, I've got 700 
some okay. thousand on it now. You're right in that. That oil, that oil cooler was, that it, was a couple years ago. I'm so starting to see some. A couple hundred thousand miles ago. Starting to see some weird patterns. So when your lead did go up, do you remember the highest number that it got to? I just looked at it and it was, I want to say it was up in the 200. Oh, Oh, so we're starting to see this weird pattern and I keep talking about it and I, you know, I go over it with John when I talk to him, I go over it with Pete and Bruce at Pittsburgh Power. We're all kind of seeing it. We're just not sure what's happening. I am finding multiple cases of trucks between 700 and 900,000 miles that all of a sudden their oil samples look like we have a bearing issue. And I'm, I'm being cautious and doing what we should do when we see those numbers and telling people to pull pull the pan and let's look at the bearings and the last truck we looked at i posted them the bearings were horrible i've never seen a set of bearings. it's been a long time since i've seen a set of bearings that bad mechanical engines is what i remember bearings like that but i don't know what's happening i mean so the fact that it was a long time ago and the truck's still okay, and now your numbers are down to more reasonable numbers, I don't know what it was. It must have been some sort of weird anomaly. And at this point, I wouldn't do anything other than keep an eye on it, make sure I'm sampling all the time. Um, had you called me with those numbers back then, I would have said, pull the pan and let's look at the bearings. Right. I'll but try to... Um you out those old oil samples. If you can send them send to them me, to yeah, because a lot of times I, I might pick up, a, you know, a pattern there that maybe I'm not seeing because I'm just hearing these numbers right now. Um, I'd like to take a look at that because bearing issues don't go away. Yeah, I'll try. Yeah, that was my thought. I, right. You know, and like I said, I mean, I've, I've listened to you on the radio and I've, I think I'm halfway decent at reading what going on with these samples yeah you're you but picked just, up all the right things for, sometimes it just takes um for whatever more you know more experience more nudge, history a little yeah. more nudge yeah so yeah. if you um, can get them over to me like send did, them over I, yeah i it never even occurred to me that the lead going up at the same time as the copper with that oil cooler issue well that you know, that that, you know, you, there. you could have one of those weird coincidences. An oil cooler can spike at any time. Sometimes new oil coolers spike. Sometimes they it, don't. It, it, and sometimes old oil it coolers it right after I put spike. It in. Yeah, sometimes that happens, but sometimes it doesn't. Put a brand new oil cooler in and no elevation in copper at all. Sometimes it's a really old oil cooler. So there's no clear pattern. But But if you happen to get... A bearing going bad at the same time you had that spike, that could probably hide it if you weren't really experienced at looking at oil samples. So send those over to me. Let me take a look. Okay. I'll try to get them out tonight. All right. Appreciate Sounds your time, good. Kevin. It was a good conversation. Thanks for calling. I really appreciate it. It was a good conversation. All right. We are going to wrap this up. Holy cow. That might be my longest show ever on this format. Um, three and a half hours, no breaks. Uh, Morgan, thank you so much today. Great job again, as always. I'm going to wrap this up, and we'll see you back here tomorrow for the Power Hour. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.